Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let's go back to 2011 with Squidge. Let's look at the World Cup again with Squidge. Hello and welcome to the only rugby podcast that is almost, almost as pointless as a third place playoff. Uh, the the only rugby podcast that has now almost been through the entire 2011 World Cup 10 years on. The only one we know of. That is. The, only, the, on, the only one we know of. Nick Easter might have been doing another one alongside his Sex Life podcast. Sex Life podcast, yeah. Um, I am Robbie or Squidge or whatever you want to call me. I'm joined as ever by... Willowin or Willowin, whatever you want to call me. And... Also, as as teased previously, it's been a long time coming. We're finally from Blood and Mud and, I was going to say Rugby Shirt Watch, Rucked Mag now, the one and only Mr. Josh Gardner. How are we doing? Hello there, Josh Gardner, or that cunt, as some people call him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exclusively going to call you that for the rest of this podcast. That's fine, That's fine. I'm used to it. Is there any, any particular rugby journalist that's calling you that this week? Uh, not this week, no. no but I mean, no. it is only Tuesday, so... <laughs> <laughs> and I did just say something quite spicy about X on Twitter. So by the time this is finished, who knows what's happened, to be honest. Like I said, like, we've been, you know, I think I asked you the better part of a year ago about doing this. And we've had so. it, we managed to pick the only week in which no major high profile rugby people have had a go at you on Twitter. <laughs> it's great. Look, I'm, I'm choosing to decide that they're, they're somehow linked. So thank you for that. They've, they've given me a break. <laughs> been building up to this. <laughs> Let's leave him alone for this week. Yeah, you know, he's got, he's got the squinch thing on. We'll just let him. Yeah, yeah. Very draining for him. Having, having to look over the the, the, the quarter final. No, not the quarter final. My brain's I mean, automatically filled in a more pointful game than yeah. the third place playoff. is automatically deleting this. I mean, you said something in the Wales semi-pod, which I think mm. is really insightful about world rugby. Mm. And that, or the IRB, as they were then, fundamentally misunderstanding the appeal of rugby. Yes. It's not about tries and highlight real stuff or super rugby would like sell out every week, you know, mm. and it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. What we like is, is compelling, intense, competitive, dramatic games with something on the line. And there is nothing more contrary to that entire ethos than a fucking bronze final. <laughs> what are your memories of the bronze final? If you have any at all, I think I already know the answer to this question. Well, well this is in, in saying, you know, tell I've done my homework in said, semi-final pod you said Robbie and I think you said as well Will that you you basically just stopped paying attention to the game after the Sam Red card because you <laughs> yeah, just stopped thinking sure. about it I feel like my disassociation lasted for the entire rest of the tournament <laughs> because I mean like obviously I watched everything else in this tournament but I was so devastated and just frustrated and just angry about everything that had happened in that game like I barely remember anything, and like I said to you, Robbie, I mm. don't think I've ever watched the third place game because I had no memory of anything about it. Like I had no idea of the score. I couldn't even remember who we played without looking it up. <laughs> like I even had, I even created a constructed reality right in my head where I thought that we 
I basically just got dicked in the bronze match like we did in 2019 because we were so broken and battered we basically gave up. But none of that's true. <laughs> like, and in fact, I went back and I checked the official record, i.e. Mm. my tweets from 2011. Oh, yeah. And it seems that not only did I watch this game, I pretty much gave a running commentary of everything that went on, nice. including going into depth about how shit James Hook was playing for the entire thing. But somehow the entire match and everything around it was like men in black from my fucking consciousness <laughs> to the point where like, yeah, I am all intents and purposes, a blank canvas for this game. I came into it with absolutely no memory whatsoever and very little of it was jogged. As I watched it again, it was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. No, I don't remember anything. Literally so, nothing. Um, do, you, do you recall uh, who won the 2011 World Cup or any subsequent Rugby World Cups? I mean, yeah, I, I remember. Any other sporting it. matches, you know? I mean, yeah, anything. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't like a sort of like suddenly developed Parkinson's or something. It was like, <laughs> you know, I, I was, you know, I, I came back in the room by the time the final came around. Mm. But like, certainly that game just has just been expunged from, it's, like, it's, like it didn't happen. Which I is kind of true? wish was true of the semi-final. Yeah, yeah. But it's that kind of joke, isn't it? It's the joke, you know, a lot of Ireland fans make about the All Blacks game in 2013, about this semi-final of Welsh fans. Hmm. And yeah, again, I've automatically assumed we're talking about the semi-final, not the bronze final. That joke of, oh, it didn't happen, didn't happen. You oh, yeah. went there. You went the extra level. You know, yeah. you had a hypnotist coming. Oh, we I were so tempted. You under. When we started this podcast, I mean, we were so tempted to just park it about like 45 episodes and have a punchline, just not do the semi-final <laughs> and just leave everyone waiting. But no, we had to go and do it. I mean, I don't blame you because, I mean, even though we were to do the third plate, I couldn't not sort of go back over mm. the semi oh, yeah. prep for this. God, it's just, it doesn't get any less miserable with the passage of a decade. <laughs> like, how, how did you find that? Yeah. Not fun no. at all. It's not, is it? It was more annoying. Like, I was annoyed about the Sam Red card. I'm, hmm. I'm more annoyed about everything that went on around it hmm. with, you know, the world rugby sort of changing the guidelines and not sure. telling anyone and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And it was, but obviously, you look at that tackle and you go, yeah, fair fucks. Yeah, like, yeah of it's you know it was should have been a red card even if it you know we, wasn't a couple of weeks before. But everything else in that game is so annoying. James Hook yeah. is so annoying in that game. Oh, Adam yeah. Jones getting injured in that game is so fucking annoying. Like I was, I did a sort of like little reverie where I just sort of looked back and thought, what if instead of waiting until half time in against Ireland in February two thousand and twelve, Warren Gatland had decided in June twenty eleven to go to Lee Halfpenny. You know what, Lee, you kick really well. Yeah. You should probably be the first choice goal kicker for Wales. Yeah. Or imagine. I... Imagine a different world that would be. And although you know we'd probably beaten South Africa and then have had a very different path to the final that I'm not sure we'd have got through. So <laughs> sure. that's true. Yeah. I mean, we've had people asking after that pod, sort of, oh, has it been therapeutic for you? Has it actually genuinely helped nope. watching that back? And it was just like, in a way, yes, but I wouldn't recommend it because it means oh, watching it, the game. It's, it's so much easier to just just not think about it and pretend it yeah. never happened. It, which is, it, you know, I'm, I'm complaining at us for starting this podcast, so this is completely <laughs> our fault. I recognise that, but still. It was interesting, actually, because obviously, like, you guys have had the ITV feed from mm. most of the games but unsurprisingly the bronze final is not one that they've decided to keep mm. permanently encased in amber so the only thing we could find was the like aussie fox feed and yeah. it's really interesting at the start of that broadcast here in the sort of southern hemisphere perspective on the Wales semi-final defeat which is extremely like contrary to the whole like pretty much everyone in the northern hemisphere 
was kind of like you know one way or another Wales were robbed and yeah. yet <laughs> sort of straight off the bat in the broadcast the guy's just like well I mean they got the captain sent off and they missed five shots of goal so they only got themselves yeah. to blame then <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah fair fucks yeah I really enjoyed Greg Clark's take on it in the commentary where they were running through the Welsh team for the bronze final and they go, oh, the back row, Lydia, Falata, Ryan Jones, you know, Falata moves to seven, so on. Oh, Phillips, he's been in really good form. Oh, no, 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 uh, no, no I've, got the, I've, got the clip, I've got the clip of this. I've got the clip go of on, this. I recorded on. this go because on. this was this was a vital moment for me. I love this. Uh, a, a perfect summation of what took place. Quarters and the semi-finals. Mike Thorpe is the star for Wales. Scored an individual triumph. In wonderful form, James Hook on the other side of the coin was actually hit halfway through the test because he was rubbish. These two <laughs> says James it all, really, was it? hooked at halftime because he was rubbish, yeah. and that was like. I mean, I remembered the hook started again because I remember being outraged by it because yeah. he was rubbish. Yeah. Uh, and do you know what? He Stephen kept James it up. was clear. Yeah, he he continued to deliver exactly what he had delivered for most of the World Cup so far, which is not yeah. being very good. I yeah. love James Hook a great deal. And he will always be a player that has a huge place in my heart because he's one of those few players that I can genuinely say, I watched you when you were fucking 18 years old and playing mm. for Neath and thought you were going to play for Wales one day. And he fucking did. And I felt smug as fuck. <laughs> However... <laughs> This this World Cup really did sort of yeah it kicked it it put a sort of a cocked hat on his career didn't it yeah as a Wales player even though I, he sort of had the odd comeback after that I love I mean, that there's a point like, about half an hour into the commentary for the Australian commentary where they acknowledge <laughs> if Reese Priestman was playing we'd be getting battered right now <laughs> I mean yeah. my history of James Hawke I don't know if it is well documented or not uh, but it certainly happened that I've had public interactions with James Hook. But he was one of my first favourite players. You know, when yeah. I first probably got into rugby, he was one of my real favourites. Uh, well, he was maybe, my, you know, alongside yeah. Shane. And I was such a huge fan of him. And then that slowly waned. I don't know if it was his form falling off or it was me learning more about rugby. Um, but the two seemed to go hand in hand. I mean, he certainly, there was a time there where James Hook was legitimately an excellent player and had earned his place onto the British and Irish Lions in 2009. Yeah. Oh, although, After that, though, woof. There's a point where Greg Clark says that James Hook didn't miss a kick over the free tests for the British and Irish Lions. Hmm. Yeah, Which well, it's quite easy to do that when you get sent in with concussion before the test even starts. Yeah, when, when your only contribution was sitting on the bench and not getting off. Like, it's quite easy to not miss a kick. But thank, thank I mean, you, Greg. Yeah, I guess it's got a point. Like, Ross Ford didn't miss a kick on that Lions series <laughs> yeah. either. True Lions. I, I missed no kicks on the 2013 uh, Lions tour. Yeah, in fact, my international goal-kicking record is absolutely unblemished. So yeah. far, I've never missed one. So. Yeah. In your face, Johnny Wilkinson and Chris Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> Never that one between the posts that cursed this whole World Cup. Of course. <laughs> Should we um, look at the Australian yeah, we look team? We've looked at the uh, Wales team. Well, this is an Australia team, isn't it? Yeah. How did it's... how did this team go so wrong? <laughs> it's it's a it's an odd. I mean, I I'm not going to lie. I am looking at this team now, and I didn't realise Lockie Turner played until looking at this lineup here. 
Turner didn't. That happens to the best of us. I'm looking at the wrong game. I've got the wrong team sheet up in front of me. That's why I didn't realize. Shane's last game. Shane Williams' last game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, that makes more sense. It's also for some reason got Lee Harpen listed at ten. That is not the game I was looking at. Which is Um, an experiment. I always wanted Wales to try at least once. Why not? The the Cardiff Blues did it that once, and they scored a try against Toulon in the last minute. Where he's oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I was there that day. What a game! Oh, nice. Wow. This is. What this is the first of six games Wales and Australia would play against each other in a year, mm-hmm. and none of them were enjoyable from a Welsh point of view. No, no, no. I that, hated that... every single one of these, particularly mm. the 2012 vintage where we lost to that Quay Cooper thing after Lee Halfpenny and Lee Halfpenny killed himself trying to stop it. Curly Beal, uh, Curly Beal, rather, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, I was there that day. And oh no, literally. As we were standing there in silence and desolation, watching Lee Halfpenny be stretched off the field mm. and still waiting for the game to end because they couldn't take the conversion until Lee Halfpenny was off the field, my mate looked at his phone and went, and England are just beating the fucking All Blacks. Oh, man. And then we just sat there for about 10 minutes and what just didn't say anything. Day. It was yeah. genuinely one of my worst days ever. Like We lost to Australia in the last second. And then and, England beat the All Blacks. And because it came after those five losses where mm-hmm. two of them were in the last minute already. Yeah. And then one of them, you know, had the Shane try in the last play. I suppose there were, there were scores in the last play and almost all of them. There was the Mike and, Harris winning kick. Remember oh, him? Oh, fucking yeah. Aussie Mike Harris, who was the, basically the reverse Quade Cooper, but shit. Yeah, 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 that's exactly what he was. He was like the yin to Quade Cooper's yang. Yeah, He was like yeah. the 30% Quade Cooper was missing, formed into another player. <laughs> I think he was basically one of those kickers in American football who you just sub on when you need to kick a goal. And yeah. you sub him off and he goes completely missing. Like yeah. Ty Gleader is now. Yes. Sure. He's yeah. left of New England Free Jacks. <laughs> and Ronan the Gar was offered to be, I suppose, as well. Yeah, um, I guess so. And wasn't they half penny at one point? Something like that, yeah. We was we said we were going to look at the Australian team, didn't yes. we? Yes. Sorry, um, yeah. Um, so the good news is, Anthony Fayang has dropped the bench, who has been really vintage throughout this World Cup. But it's it's a really you know really good backline. They brought in Beric Barnes in the centre. They brought uh, Adam Ash Cooper inwards, and they risked playing Curtly Beal at fullback when he was clearly already broken and not fit to play in this game. But they thought, well, we're already out the World Cup, so we might as well give him a go. And we got maybe one fun run out of Curtly Beal before he went yeah. off injured. Yeah, so, wasn't it, was the it? fun run, and then he just like tried to run a dummy line and <laughs> was like, "Yeah, I'm done, lads. See you later." Yeah, and um, I love that they put both Anthony Fayanga and Rob Horn on the bench. And as soon as one of them went down, it's like, "Right, Rob Horn, on you go, on you go. Yeah, Sit right. down, Anthony. <laughs> get him off. Get him off quickly." No. Ant can get his bloody tracksuit off. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other big change is Scott Havenbotham comes in who mm, was yeah. one of those players. Like, there's always one for every nation that every fan wants to be in the team mm. because he was playing well at club level, but you yeah. couldn't quite bring yourself to drop Rocky Elson. Um, yeah. But for some reason, Bill McCallum will play every game. And just no one would notice he's slid into the team again. He was just yeah. always there. So, so yeah, so like Higginbotham comes in. Bench. Yeah. And the other, I suppose, story is Nathan Sharp winning his 100th cap in yeah. what was supposed to be his final game. Yeah, no chance. <laughs> was it ever? Yeah. So this is um, this Australia team team is basically a who's who of players who will turn up in Europe in three to five years. Yeah, like 
very like Ashley Cooper, Kirtley Beal, James O'Connor, Pogok, McCallman, Horwell, Higginbotham. Quake Cooper and Will Genia are both 23 at this point. And you just wow, think, yeah. fuck me. How good are these two going to be if they keep playing together for the next five or six years? And the answer is, Will Genia will be, still be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Quake Cooper will be Quake Cooper. It's, it's amazing looking back on it how quickly Quaid went off the boil. Mm. And I think this World Cup was a big turning point in that. Yeah, yeah when he gets the knee. I mean, there's the whole comment, there's a horrendous commentator's curse when they're coming down the tunnel where he's like, what can we expect from Quake Cooper tonight? And the answer is about 12 minutes. Yes. <laughs> and then a horrendous ACL injury. There's a great point at the end of the game when Phil Kearns says, and, and you know, it's not like Phil Kearns to make poor takes, but he says, Quade Cooper, mark my words, player of the tournament at the Rugby World Cup 2015. Uh, he went to that World Cup and was second choice to Bernard Foley. Yeah. <laughs> and and Australia got to the final with yeah. Bernard Foley at 10. With, yeah, playing very well. In the form of his yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. But play the tournament. It was a weird one they gave it to him, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, this game there's... also came a few days after the shortlist for World Player of the Year was named. Yes. Uh, can either of you remember who was on that shortlist? Oh, there was is it, no is this... Welsh players, and I was fuming. Yeah. I remember that. So I wonder if. Sam Warburton would have been on the list, but they took him up after the red card. Yeah. Well, he he got three-match ban, didn't he, Sam Warburton? And yeah. I remember thinking at the time that if Wales had won that game, they probably would have just revoked it and just said, like, look, you can play the final, mate. Don't worry about it. Whereas yeah. after Wales lost, it was just kind of like, well, we've kind of got to ban him now, haven't we? <laughs> and, you know, they did, rightfully so, for the three matches, mm. which is why Toby Faletau ended up playing his only test match as far as a, as a flanker. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a whole push to, because um, obviously Tips wasn't in the squad at this point, no. but Tips had also just got banned for a tip tackle against yes. Munster oh, the previous yeah. week. So even if they'd wanted to have called him up, he was also getting banned for three matches. There was talk, and it wasn't crazy talk because he'd only just retired, that Gatlin should get Martin Williams down from the fucking pundits yeah. booth. Yeah. and slap a fucking Wales jersey on him and why not and frankly I'd have enjoyed that because he was on 99 caps at that point yeah. and that would have been his 100th yeah. whereas Justin Tipperick was on one at this point yeah. he just played <laughs> exactly. the one against Argentina in the warm ups they should have got Gavin Thomas back frankly <laughs> oh. after his the previous <laughs> like, summer when he came so, back in got sent off for Taylor punching somewhere like, yeah, this yeah, was yeah. The, we had this conversation like, a couple of weeks ago of how glorious Gavin Thomas's late career was yeah. In that he again became one of those players like like Nick Cudd, I always loved, you know, players who were brilliant at club level, but you looked at them and you knew instantly they would not work at test level. But 100%. you know, we had a, a little run where Tippett wasn't in the picture yet, Warburton got injured, Martin Williams was injured, everyone else was in. Robin Southern Taylor had retired, which was a huge travesty. We had no other options. So Gatlin went, go on then, you know, called Gavin Thomas okay. up, played okay in the first test and the second test got a red card for punching Sam Whitelock in the face <laughs> but that is your legacy yeah. you know barely played for the Dragons again after that that was him done he retired that's the best way to see out your Wales career. yeah this guy's probably going to win a couple of World Cups not a fan of him yeah and give him a swift <laughs> right hook that's what Ross Moriarty should have done yeah. after he got sent off against Argentina a couple of years ago just yeah <laughs> You know, it's not going to get better than you getting sent off for doing a full-on WWE chokehold on someone, mate. So just knock it on the head. This is the thing I wondered. If we had, like, the 
the, the ghost of Ross Moriarty or Gavin Thomas just wandering around injuring all the Argent Australians in this game. I mean, because basically their full bad. backline go down injured without touching anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they're all non contact injuries. Yeah. And I mean, like, for all of the talk of Wales being fucking down to brass tacks, and they were, you know, mm. like, it's not like by about 20 minutes in, Australia weren't already on those brass tacks as well. Yeah. yeah. So, Curly Beale. Quaid Cooper chucks a ball at his knees and that causes his knee to pop. And he then runs on, continues his run beyond the try line and just falls over and is lying in a heap, goes off injured. Quaid Cooper then himself, about five minutes later, is about to run into contact. His knee goes and he's I still going to run into Luke Charteris. Quaid Cooper like steps so hard he snaps his own ankles. Yeah. There was part of, do you remember he when breaks Quaid, the telephone box. like about 2007 ish 2007 mm. 2008 when quaid first came through in super rugby yeah. like there was like it was the first time that like youtube and a player had sort of combined mm. into sort of he was like the first height like youtube highlight player right and it was all just quaid doing ridiculous goose steps uh, but not actually achieving anything with those goose steps, just sort of doing them and like doing the hitch step thing and then just getting tackled. There's something so cleanly metaphorical there. Yeah. And so I just absolutely loved to hate Quay Cooper from that moment on. And so <laughs> I can live with it. He also had a really dumb haircut about that time. Yeah, mm. he did. He had, he was one of the earliest sort of offenders of the sort of, spiky at the front mullet at the back yeah. situation which his... i mean shane williams went there as well you know we can't throw any stones there but... <laughs> but his his haircut looked like on an n64 game when they were trying to make a head <laughs> shape what the polygons yeah. they had yeah he's basically a low poly haircut guy at that yeah. point it was really fucking bad though it was like the importing from rugby 2000 on <laughs> ps1 <laughs> But they haven't done it, changed any of the models. No, he, he just appeared in real life, and they just keep spamming the the side stick that lets you do a side step. I mean, that you know, was his early career at the round. on those yeah. games. It's always the best thing to just run sideways as the fly half until eventually mm-hmm. the gap opens up, and that pretty much was metaphoric of uh, of Quade Cooper's early career. I think so. Mm. It makes sense. Just constantly spamming the same button over. It's like like on Rugby Challenge when you throw the dummy and it causes yeah. everyone to slip off you. That's yeah. what Quade Cooper thinks is going to happen. <laughs> yet he's yeah. been thrown into the real world. It's like an 80s cartoon. He's been sucked out of a video game and made to live in the real world. The thing is, he gets away with it, but James Hook has the exact same approach. To oh, yeah. Throw a dummy Except and everyone will, everyone will go away from you. James Hook also just tries to do a handoff instead of a sidestep. And he has, don't get me wrong, he had a powerful handoff in his day, but he was mm. not like... Sure. You know. Yeah. Um, should we, 22 well, minutes into this podcast, start talking about the game, do you reckon? No. We talked around. Okay. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, it's funny you should mention Rugby Challenge, because do mm. you know what video game franchise was reborn just one day before this game came out? Um, I mean, you can probably guess, because I just said it. Is it Rugby Challenge? Rugby Challenge. It is. Jonah Lomu. The first new oh, Jonah Lomu rugby challenge was released on the 20th of the month. Wow. A long, long time after. Uh, yeah, it was on the, it the Rugby World Cup one came out in August. Mm. But the this week. one came This one came on like you know two, the day before the Rugby World Cup final, but was a much fucking better game. I remember on the Thursday walking to Granger Games 
which mm-hmm. was, you know, within walking distance. R.I.P. Uh, now defunct, yeah. yeah. And asking if they'd have a copy of Jonah Lomu Rugby Challenge um, over the counter as an awkward 16-year-old. And the guy behind the counter going, we've just had the order in, pulling up a copy. And me going, <laughs> brilliant. Him saying, do you want to reserve a copy? I said, no, I'll just pop by and get one tomorrow. And I popped back and they had only got in three copies and they'd all sold. Oh. Um, so we did not go copy that weekend. And we ended up having to order one from some obscure website that had them in stock. Because apparently they've only released like 16 copies in the UK. Um, yeah. I pre-ordered one yeah. from Amazon, which I think is the first time I'd ever pre-ordered anything from Amazon. Mm. Um, and they obviously fucked something up because even though the game didn't come out until the 20th, uh, it literally, and I, I'm not making this up, it arrived 10 minutes after the final whistle of the semi-final. Wow. And so I just spent a good week just writing some wrongs. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. battering France. Yeah, yeah. battering France over and over again. But yeah, <laughs> the last, was it the best Rugby Challenge in the modern era? That or Rugby Challenge 2 for me? I Yeah, because Rugby Challenge 2 was the same game, but more refined. Yeah, number eight pickups um, in it, which was yeah, like the main selling yeah. point. Yeah. And Lions. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah of course they had the Lions. Yeah. Yeah, I tried. Is... To, I was really gutted when I put that disc into my Series X, and it wasn't mm. backwards compatible. I was like, oh, oh man! Mm. Of all the games, surely that would have been first in the queue for setting yeah. up compatibility. Surely, but apparently not. Why aren't they doing a HD remaster of all the Rugby Challenges together? I don't know. Yeah. But well, not Rugby Challenge Four. Never mind Mass terrible. Effect. What's that? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> We've complained a lot about loads they need of space to, games. They need <laughs> to refine the 2011 Rugby World Cup game because that one was fine. Like, yeah, everything they've like, released since has been pretty bad, but that one was fine. So, we, if they did we, that with updated squads and everything, then we've talked about this on this podcast before. But we still play that very regularly. Pretty much every time um, we see each other, we'll, yeah, we'll we play we that. go back to the 2011 World Cup game. I'm which actually is playing it right now. What you can do? I'm yeah. playing it whilst recording this. <laughs> See, yeah. I didn't buy that because I bought. I was waiting for General Lomi Rugby Challenge, mm. and because I'd been burned by Rugby O Seven, I think it was, which was the yeah. last PS Two yeah. one, which was fine, yeah. but just left. That everybody just always waxes lyrical about. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't get I, that. Like, I plugged uh, it back in for a thing I was doing for World Rugby, where they wanted to talk about rugby video games last year, mm. um, and again. That is, that is an okay game. It is a weaker version of, <laughs> it's a weaker version of the 2011 game, but it has teams that aren't the 20 teams from that World and Cup in it. The 2011 yeah. one also doesn't have Mark Waito on the front, so yes, I mean, that's true. Yeah, I can see. That. Yeah, maybe that is why. Still, yeah. anyway, they literally sorry, went to nobody instead of instead of Mark Waito. Um, yeah, they just, look, put rug, just put a rugby ball on the front. Yeah. People will buy it. More people will want it. That was also England's tactics in this World Cup. Just like, we could just put no one on the wing, or we put Mark Waito. Yeah. Oh, we need an extra defender, don't we? Mm, defender is a strong word, but yeah. sure. We need just, just someone to stand there, you know? Look, yeah. look nice. So people can go, hey, is he the guy from 2007? Both for the video game and from the fallen over near the corner and complaining about it for 10 years. Right. Anyway, should we should we we actually talk about the game of rugby, or do we just do we just bin that that bit, the bit where we talk about the rugby? I mean, we can start. It's there, isn't it? Firstly, I would like to say it is a real like time and place to have a game started by Black Eyed Peas. I got a feeling like Um, the top fourteen final this year. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Synergy. Yeah. Yeah. 
I will add that every game at this World Cup was kicked off by that song. Yeah, um, I'm sure that, it was. Yeah, genuinely, every single game they had that that playing and the hey hey baby. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, uh, which had apparently had... only just got to New Zealand by 2011. Yeah, yeah. They had <laughs> I, those I, two I, songs that played for I got a feeling by the Black Eyed Peas came out in 2008. Really? So it was okay. not a new song at that point. No. That was... Um, no, because it was Moves Like Jagger was the thing that was... Yeah, that was the number that one. That, yeah. Yeah, we looked at that before. That was number one in... The UK, was it, uh, I believe, at the time yeah. of this World Cup? Yeah. Yes, because Friends of Benefits was the number one movie at the time. Oh, of course. Um, of course. Do, you know, do you know what's number one uh, in the charts this week oh, for the head of okay. this? Well, on the album front, I can tell you that it is, uh, well, I mean, it's not great. <laughs> it is the uh, Steps Greatest Hits package. Oh, wow. Okay. Steps the ultimate collection, and uh, on the music front, it was uh, on the single front rather. It was We yeah, Found Love by music. Rihanna featuring Calvin Harris was topping the charts. I thought that was earlier than that. Yeah, Do me you... too. I'm surprised it was that late. It was three weeks yeah. at number one. Right. I mm. thought that was like 2009. Mm. But shows what I know about Rihanna and Calvin Harris. <laughs> Do you think it was the sheer trauma of the Sam Warburton red card that led everyone to go out in bulk and buy Steps for comfort? Yeah, I think that must be it. It's the only real logical solution. Yeah. I mean, all of the things that were number one in the films that week did sort mm. of, you know, Paranormal Activity number uh, three, the third one, Yawn, <laughs> yeah. uh, was joined by Contagion, and we need to talk about Kevin all in Jesus. the top ten this week. Whoa, that's <laughs> a were miserable really week. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's probably embracing the misery of the nation. Especially because it knocked Johnny English Returns off top spot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is oh, funny yeah. enough, the, the film me and Robbie watched silently after the yes, 2019. Yes, the 2019 finished. one. Yeah. yeah. That was on ITV the after the semi final. And we sat in silence and didn't say a word whilst it was like on. after the final whistle of the 20, 2019 South Africa Wales semi final when South Africa won, we, we sat through all of Johnny English Reborn and we had neither of us said a word after the final mm. whistle. Um, I mean, until after enough. that finished. Yeah. I had to, I couldn't watch, I had a work thing on that Sunday morning, which I couldn't. Mm. Or I had to drive to London. Mm. And so I listened to the first half, got there early, and then watched the second half on my phone, sort of in the car park of a race course before a guitar show on my own. Easy. And so I sort of just sort of watched that chain smoking out of my window. Mm. And then we lost. And then I just, and that was about 11 o'clock. And the thing didn't start till sort of half 11, 12. So I just sort of sat there in my car on my yeah. own. Just That's watching, watching middle-aged men turn up with guitars and try not to make eye contact with them. Did you have to do the, the kind of fake smile thing? Oh, yeah. The whole day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like really I... pretend. I, wasn't, I think I wasn't going to smoke that day because I was going <laughs> to quit. And then at half time, I was like, I drove to a co-op somewhere in the fucking outskirts of East <laughs> London and just bought 20 fags and smoked them all by the end they, of the game yeah I they was were, just so stressed it was so they were gone horrible. by 50 minutes it was I, now that was i don't smoke i don't know how i'm gonna deal if wales ever get to a world cup semi-final again because genuinely i don't know how normal people cope <laughs> we well, don't least... that's the problem we don't <laughs> i mean it's win-win because either we win or we've got the bronze final to look forward to <laughs> We've got you in as the, the you know the, the specialist on Wales and bronze finals. I will say this bronze final is a lot better than the 2019 bronze final. Sure, sure, yeah. 
I will just uh, say from all of that chat, what I take it is you don't remember any of the nominees for the 2011 World Player of the Year. Oh, no, no yeah. absolutely <laughs> So, Thierry um, Richie McCaw, I'm guessing, were both on there. No, Richie McCaw. No, uh, Richie McCaw. Kainer was on there. Marnon right, okay. was on there. Perry Weeper was on there. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, Perry Weepu then cashed that in for Pizza Hut. Um, <laughs> Will Genia and David Pocock were in there and then both played in this game. I mean, so uh, no Wilson not being in there after the World Cup that he had, regardless of the red card, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I think up until that moment, that was probably the best I've seen a Wales player play over the course of like five or six games mm-hmm. in my lifetime. I've never seen anyone yeah. play better. Yeah. yeah, mad, but, mad shit. Whereas anyway. Dutrois had kind of done nothing <laughs> up until like, then, like but the then, rest of the French team. Yeah, kind of... it's kind of we kind of all whisper it, but like Dutrois hadn't, he he kind of had a good quarter final, but that was it. Dutrois won, not, didn't he? He's not like won a, a man of the match award that we've dished out. Not yet, not yet. Nothing like... that all. No, no, no. He hasn't got no. But yeah, we won't. Through. We'll get to. Uh, we'll get to where I don't know. At this stage, you can't see him possibly winning. Um, no, of course because not. Because it's not like he'll be so good in one game. Yeah, one he's only got one game left to play. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the World yeah. Cup final. Yeah. That won't. That won't. How good could he possibly be? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So rugby yes. happens. Mm. Um, so Australia start this game quite well. Do you mind me talking yeah. about this game? Yeah, yeah Australia. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Australia start quite well. There's a point where Quade Cooper nearly sets up a try for James O'Connor because Will Genia just decides to be really good. Yeah. Um, and has a few good runs. And then there's, there's often points, right, where Australia completely lose their shape. And then Morgenia just kind of has a light bulb appear above his head and goes, lads, what if? What if I did something good? <laughs> Have you ever considered doing rugby? What about, what about hang on, how, how about we, we do something good instead of going backwards? And then uh, he'll, he'll just Ooh. deliver, like, the world's greatest pass you've ever seen. Yeah, so, like, that Australian backline, I mean, for all of my doing down of Quaid. Mm. Between Barrett Barnes, Quaid, and Genia, there's some delightful flat passing oh, on the game. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's just like, oh, oh. <laughs> what, what I love is that, like, every single time Australia work the ball sort of two passes away from contact, Barrett Barnes just goes, No, 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 no. We're, we're playing a kicking game today, lads. And yeah. every time he would always just pump the ball into the like, Welsh backfield, which was pretty much non existent uh, for the first half at least. And the rest of them would kind of look a bit annoyed at him, like, Yeah, you've just great kick, Barrett, but what about? playing flashy rugby <laughs> that was the thing but the annoying like, thing how about playing flashy rugby in the right areas you're not used <laughs> yeah. to that are you <laughs> that, that would never catch on um the the worst thing was they were all good kicks yeah yeah yeah. so yeah, they were yeah. always more annoyed really with like oh you've done something of value thanks barrick you could have yeah. given james o'connor a run into falisau honestly barrick bonds what a, again a sliding doors kind of what could have been player Mm. Like he was re- a really good in this game, and was always really good whenever he could actually be fit yes. for Australia. But he so rarely was, and then he fucked off to Japan in 2013 and never came back. Mm. Yeah. He was one of those weird players that his reputation was for him not being that good, and Australian fans yes. didn't like him because he kicked, and because they yeah. had this incredibly flashy backline that was so much fun to watch and he was not fun he was functional he really was going to make everything yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, he was the sensible guy in that mm. Reds backline it was, so it, was Genia, it was Genia Cooper and then there was the sensible 12 outside him who would occasionally go actually Quaid I know you like doing goose steps and ridiculous <laughs> offloads but what if I kick the ball down the field and then you can try him up there 
And you're like, all right, fine. There's probably the point this game is most famous for is Quade Cooper does this really speculative switch kick back mm. inside James O'Connor on first phase. And like you can kind of see it coming by the angle of James O'Connor's run, but it still looks really fancy. And then Shane yes. Williams regathers it. And Tatafi Pelotta now just flips him. And I think Shane Williams does like a 720 flip. He literally does a full pirouette in the air and lands yeah. on his sort of neck and back and the fact that that is not that was not that was given as a knock-on against him and it's yeah. like yes of course he was knocked on he was literally fucking ragdolled by a number eight with no arms anywhere near him even in 2011 that was a pen in 2019 that would be a fucking i dread to think what that would be i went and i kept watching it trying to see where the red card these days is and i couldn't see it because he goes around the ankles, maybe yeah. he doesn't use his. He, he doesn't, doesn't use his arms at I think all. I think it's, but... a, it's a reckless. It's a, definitely a yellow card. I still think maybe he... <laughs> a ref would give it as a red in modern yeah. things because he lands on his sort of back yeah. neck area and There's... he's technically in the air because he sort of jumps up just before mm. the like trying to. Hack I mean, it on. He sort of he runs into his... him like a ball. Like he yeah. has his hands practically behind his back as he launches into <laughs> Shane Williams. And don't worry, I, I get why it wasn't necessary. Like why it wasn't a card back in the day, or yeah. maybe why it wasn't penalised. But I look at that now and think, like, my God, he's in trouble. Well, I just think that, like, especially after what had happened the week before, it's yeah. like, okay, so that's a red card now. But this yeah, ragdolling motherfuckers sure. into the air, yeah, yeah, like there's some sort of you hey. know. Crash Great hit, nonetheless. Do yeah, you know, you know, that's just a good hit. Do you know why it wasn't a red card back then? Why? why? But it because the game's gone soft. Ah, oh, that's it. it. Oh, yeah. of course, I forgot about key yeah, detail that in between the semi final and the bronze final, the game had gone hard. Yes. Um, people forget and about so this. The, yeah. So the game then had to go soft. Go from soft there. again. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Because otherwise, what are we supposed to complain about? What are we supposed yeah, to complain exactly. about? Um, you know, Shane flies through the air like something from the Lego movie, <laughs> like him just <laughs> hurtling and spinning yeah. in the air, slightly too yeah. animated. The fashion, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and inextricably he... caused the beginning of the flaccidization of rugby union right there <laughs> yeah. in that moment. Like yeah. as he's spinning through the air, a light bulb appeared that he'd stolen from Wilgenia. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure Shane was shouting "Games gone soft" as he was flipping yeah. through the air. He was, he was, he was calling for all high tackles to be red yeah. cards. Brett yeah. Gosper became unerect in that moment. <laughs> his hair like, dropped out yeah, the back of his yeah, head. Exactly. So, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. There's an implication there that Brett Gosper, up until then, was always was around. around. <laughs> always around. Look at him from look the opening ceremony all the way up to the bronze final. Look at look at how at him and tell me that that is not a man that walks around with at least a semi. Do you think, Most of the time. Do you think that's why he's gone to the NFL now? <laughs> because he saw semis there. Yeah. Well, he can claim it's pads now, can't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That that game. They don't gone mind you. Now. They don't, that's they why don't the game's mind gone you hard, folks. The yeah. game's gone hard. Oh, nice. lovely. Nice. Speaking of how the game has changed, right? Mm. There's that moment about two minutes thirty seconds where, like, there's another lovely flat pass across the Australian back line and Gethin Jenkins mm. literally just slaps the ball up in the air <laughs> yes. and it's, it's play on it's not even yeah. a knock on Wales gather what? the ball and it, that would be a penalty and a yellow card the most I, million percent of that I couldn't shake 
the feeling that Wayne Barnes has been spending too much time around Steve Walsh's World Cup. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And also, like, let's be honest, Wayne Barnes was not happy he was delegated the bronze final, was he? No. And so he very much just decided although, to pop the court pre-match. Although, if you do listen to Mr. Phil Kearns, he had this to say about how, how Wayne Barnes felt about the bronze medal match. Going on, the occasions got to him. How many, how many more games does he get? <laughs> the occasion of the bronze final still. has got to him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> even by no, home broadcast, he's incredibly though. bored. You know, he's yeah. just, he's fed up. He doesn't care anymore. He's going to referee it like it's a game of local touch between kids. <laughs> I mean, the Wales uh, final try. Mm. I mean, Oh, the... Shane is so out, <laughs> so out, and so in touch, and he's just like, fuck you, I'm going to just play on. Shane was less out when he did that flip 30 feet through the air and left the stage. 100%. At least yeah. half of his body was in touch. And he doesn't let go of the ball. Like, no. he's just no, in touch. Just in touch, and Bob's just like, ah, carry on, fuck but it. There are, there are fans who are more in the field of play than Shane Williams. <laughs> His body I, was literally perpendicular to the touchline, and he yeah. was out of it at the waist. That's it. Like you, compared to Shane, like you sitting there giving your running commentary, remembering none of it was basically playing scrum half. Like I was on the far <laughs> wing, and I was sat somewhere in Nottingham watching this, oh. calling for the cross field from Stephen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure you've got this distance in you. I'm in the Northern Hemisphere, Steve-O. Yeah. You know. Reese Hodge steps up. No, 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 no worries. Yeah. No worries. There's like a little nudge. Yeah, I'm sure if you'd asked Contepomi, he he would have would have tried his best. So from that no, resulting scrum, he was he was stood in my yeah. <laughs> um, From that resulting scrum, from the knock on that we we discussed about half an hour ago, um, uh, Barrett Barnes again just decides, you know what, sensible lads, scoring tries, and he runs the most basic unders line and just completely bamboozles the Welsh defence as though he's run like the world's greatest angle. And, of course, the home commentary have to bill it up as it is the world's greatest angle from Barry Barnes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he goes over and scores a try from, you know, 10 metres out. Or it's a proper, we are knackered, we are fed up, this game is silly. Try. We yeah. deserve fourth just, place. He literally goes through the middle of mm. Foxy and Jamie Roberts, who are both just like, your man? Yeah. <laughs> it's Beric Barnesman. Yeah, you can both like, tackle him. Yeah, it's not like Sterling Mortlock's coming through to smash his skull again, Jake. Yeah. It's like... It's, but it, there is something of like, is Foxy just really looking forward to playing Connacht away the next week? And he's just <laughs> like, it's a business decision for the anti-reasons of normal. He's, like he wants to play say, a smaller occasion again. He's fed up of pressure. When you say your man, typically, you know, that means... I'm not going to mark Adam Ashley Cooper rather than let's both mark Adam Ashley Cooper. Let's yes. both mark the much bigger, more aggressive <laughs> runner and leave this converted fly half future rugby league kicker. Leave him to just go straight for our defence. And, you know, as I say, Barnes runs a decent line and scores and Wales deserve to be the fourth ranked team in the World Cup. Yeah. Because of that Can moment. I offer you something, right? Go on. Mm-hmm. First off in particular... Wales are rubbish. Yeah, yeah, they're really, really, really poor. Their kicking really, game really is poor. so... I mean, obviously... We we've discussed the James Hook factor, but yes. sure. him and Phillips are both both in, in receiving and in the execution of kicking, it's mm. so yeah. poor. Yeah. Like I, I can't I sca- like scarcely believable at international level how yeah. aimless the kicking is. It's full mm. on Ben Young's on a bad day. Yeah. And I think yeah. there's something of the fact that the whole team has spent the week in therapy rather than training. <laughs> yeah. But 
I still, you know, the amount of passes that are going to floor are landing behind yeah. people. And I know standards yeah. have improved a lot over the last 10 years. And, you know, skills that particularly forwards are so much better. But yeah. man alive, yeah. catch the ball, you know, throw it yeah. to near someone. Like there's a both teams are, are not are pretty guilty of that as well. Yeah, you know, like yeah, Australia yeah. are better, but they're still not great. I know the defense is obviously greatly improved, but like there are yeah. sequences of passing in this game that would look poor at Friday night casual touch level. Sure. I love that there's so Barrett Barnes kind of noticed this and mm. kind of just takes the piss out of Wales a little bit. There's that point where he runs through a gap and then still grubbers the ball to himself just to sort of show off how cleanly he can break the Welsh line and look and look really fancy. And then I love the fact that when he regathers his kick, he just, he has, he's not drawn anybody in. He's got no one in front of him mm. and he still just decides, you know, what, I'm going to pass this to Quade Cooper because then I, I will look delightful. I will look like I'm not trying to hog the headline when really he's just seen a really poor Welsh line in front of him and he's completely taken the piss out of him by knowing that he can just grubber the ball through them regather it himself completely effortlessly and like Beric Barnes looks so effortlessly like basically yeah. this entire game and he completely dominates Wales in all facets of it yeah oh completely and like you you add in on top of the fact that Wales are shit they're also really boring yeah um, <laughs> like they they run, you know, the same sort of crash balls over and over again. Fine, whatever, grand. And then when they get into the 22 for the first time, right, they, they win a penalty of five-meter scrum. And instead of going for the scrum again, instead of trying to take the points, they're 7-0 down at this point. They go for goal. It's a third-place playoff. Who gives a shit? You know, why are you kicking yeah. goals from in front of the post, you know, from just next to the post? Which James Hook goes on to miss one in the second half as well, from just next to the post. Yes, that's um, appalling. Like, in front it's of the also, post. It's also just a, yeah. a terrible sort of ROI in terms of like how long it takes to fucking get there. Because yeah. like they use a full two like you forget how bad scrums used to be. Mm. But like mm. they use a full like two, two and a half minutes in resets to yeah. get this penalty. Yeah. And then it's like, well lads, you've gone through all this. You might as well just fucking stay down here. And their first 22 entry results in Lee Halfman passing the ball to Roman Poit on the touchline. I mean, this is delightful. I mean, this is this is magnificent. Roman Poit holding his depth perfectly in a way Shane Williams couldn't. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Shane majorly screws and up that line. In the way Shane didn't. Oh, yeah. terrible. Like the, so, the, again, I mentioned Friday the night pass touch is sequences. Good. Yeah. Like, there are, this happens all the time when I'm playing, you know, like casual touch and so on, where you'll forget you've got, you know, like someone's mum outside you and you try <laughs> and, like, draw the last man and give the pass inside, expecting them to run a line off you. Then you realize, oh, no, yeah, I should have thought about who's outside me. You know, it's a, a woman in the 60s who's taking a free kids down. Instead That's of, a hell of a comparison to Shane Williams. Yeah. Oh, positive. Kate, what a what a finisher. Yeah. Um, to be fair. Uh, but yeah, you know, like there's that. But then you go, no, wait, hold on. That isn't that isn't a mother of three who is playing for the first time two weeks ago. That's one of the all-time great players who has scored more tries than anyone else in the history of the game in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah. He should be able to run onto that pass, but instead, do you know who does run onto that pass? Roman Poit, who is not a referee, he is a winger. Nor a coach. Yeah, yeah. he's a winger. I tell you what, though, as much as he definitely fucks that up, and he doesn't, he fucks up quite a lot of things, mm. you forget when, and you, maybe you're slightly desensitized to it because you've been watching this whole tournament, but like, <laughs> I, I was sort of, you know, partly because I was basically watching this game as if for the first time, but, yeah. um, when Shane gets the ball, you forget oh. that sort of like rising excitement. Like, like, the first time, like the first time he gets it, which ends up in him getting penalised for 
for double movement, but mm. he like gets it in a terrible mess of forwards and just goes, oh, I'm going to step two of them anyway. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, that was, that's why he was special. One of the great novelties of this World Cup is Shane getting the ball and managing to make that much space that he's sending like Dan Lydia and Bradley Davis through gaps <laughs> who are like so like untimely in loads of space and they look so uncomfortable when they're yeah. running lines off him mm. and it's just like, oh no, I wasn't running this line intending to make a break, but cheers Shane. <laughs> There's about three moments in this game where Shane takes the ball at first receiver then just holds on to it. Like he yeah. sort of just inches forward and well, the defence shits themselves so hard that a gap opens yeah. up eventually. <laughs> Well, the try, the last Wales try, is you know, there's no way on God's earth Shane should have carried that ball all the way over to the yeah. try line. Like he had two men outside him, and he's just like, "Fuck it, it's the 80th minute. This could be my last Test match. I am gonna fucking score here." And somehow it ends up in a Wales try on the other side. Yeah, but like that's through absolutely no concern or craft of Shane. That's just Shane being a total fucking dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there is that. There are occasional moments of. Shane knowing who he is in this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. One of my favourite moments of the first half is... Mm. I mean, say favourite. It was... Yeah, one of the moments I tolerated from the first half. Sure, sure. (laughs) It comes from, as a result of Wales giving away, like, six penalties on the bounce, Mm. uh, building something in the Australian 22, and then eventually James O'Connor has a shot at goal. It comes off the post, and it's one of those beautiful moments in rugby that only comes from the ball coming off the post in a penalty, which is seeing Luke Charteris's counter-attacking skills. And when you find <laughs> second rows, like, in the backfield, going, okay, now I'm going to take everyone on, lads. And just go, Digby one, never heard of you, mate, trying to bowl them over. And obviously he made about three yards, but I just think it's one of those beauties of the ball coming off the post. Yeah. You know what I noticed about Luke Charteris in this game that distracted me for a good 15 minutes? Mm-hmm. You noticed his weird scrum cap yeah. in the game? The way that he's got the sort of lacing at the back of it, mm. like most like most scrum caps have a thing where you can just tie it tight at the back. But I think yeah. because his head is basically like a giant milk bottle, <laughs> and that it's much more long than it is wide, mm. like he's had to pull it so tight that to get the requisite fit, he's got a sort of like what I can only describe as a red ribbon ponytail at the back. <laughs> and it's so I found it like it's. I'm sure it's not even made out of red ribbon, but it looks like it's made out of lovely red ribbon, like shiny red ribbon. He sort of, he basically looks like, and he's done it with a large bow. Mm. And so he sort of looks like like a horse that's been tarted up for dressage, you know? <laughs> like when they have like, sort of the, the bows dinged in their mane. Anyway, yeah, that, that's just Licorice on the back of his head is a snack <laughs> to keep him going. You know, there is an equine quality to Luke Charteris, I mm. think. But that's <laughs> yes. dramatically increased if you give him a mane. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he was somehow a show giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> if they sent giraffes to Escort, Escort. No, I can't say the word. What's it called? Escort. Where they do the horses? Yes, Escort. That is. Don't Google that. There will be some unsanitary results. Um, so I'm not going to explain any That's of that because uh, I knew some. I used to know a producer I was working on something with. Uh, then it turned out he was a massive pervert. And he okay. um, he mostly filmed porn, but he kept his whole secret. 
Um, and you can hear his voice sometimes laughing over clips on splatpakaki.com. Um, but okay, let's you not said go into you weren't going to explain. Why. I mean, I, I have you explained, explained more detail. than I ever wanted to. You two, um, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, anyway, Luke Charteris is a lovely Luke horse. Charteris. Luke Charteris, yes, yeah. My lovely, lovely, lovely horse. Um, Funny, speaking of that I, song, uh, there's yes. a point before the Wales Ireland quarter final. I forgot to bring this up on that episode mm. where there's uh, a bunch of Irish fans singing that song as my oh, lovely really? Rog. So they brought a guitar out to New Zealand with them from Ireland just to sing My Lovely Horse from Father Ted, which is uh, made by um, Ted and nobody else. Yes. And yeah, sung My Lovely Rog over the top of that. And there were there Kicking are more down lyrics the field. Something like that, yeah. Mm. Now, oh, speaking of songs, yes. I was going to say, we can't talk about Wales, about this Wales at this World Cup and musical contributions without talking about the sort of the phenomenon mm. that was Sam, our captain. Yes. Yeah. I remembered this out of, like, I'd forgotten about it for a decade. But do you remember how much of a sort of bizarre, like, just a, it just swept the nation? I think if they'd yeah. released it, it, if they'd stuck that on iTunes, it would have got to number one. Well, like, yeah. like happened with the Blims, the following Six Nations, mm. yeah. where they had that inexplicable huge hit. About Wales winning the Grand Slam and had verses that referenced Justin Tipperick but didn't name drop him. Yeah, but it was because it was it sort of just came out of nowhere. Well, it was it was created by a, a Welsh expat called Mark Berridge, mm. who apparently wrote it on the plane over from Sydney uh, to Auckland for the World Cup, mm. and then it just it was one of those early days of sort of social media going viral things. People took videos of him mm. singing it on the mic in various pubs, and it just went mental. You know, and you know, Wales Online published the lyrics in full ahead of the um, wow. the semi final, so that like people could sing it in pubs and at the stadium, including the, the verse where they cut. They, they say didn't. Wayne Barnes t- they, not. they took out the Wayne Barnes and Cock one. To be honest with you, wow. I'm glad they took out the last two verses because, I mean, after the Andy Powell verse, the wheels really come up off from a sort of meter yeah. perspective. They add a whole exit. He inserts an entire extra line into the verse the last two verses which just makes and you can tell because every time he sings it people get confused and they stop singing along and it's like that's that's the sign that you fucked the song up mate yeah <laughs> it's like <laughs> there's two rhyming couplets in each of these and you've just decided to not rhyme one line and then stick another rhyming couplet in that doesn't work mate that's not how music works this isn't jazz <laughs> <laughs> I've just I've just looked it up and Wales Online have, as you say, they've removed the Wayne Barnes verse and they've also changed the Mike Phillips verse, which for anyone that isn't familiar with this, for anyone that doesn't remember this, uh, it was to the tune of uh, Sloop John B. I've got it here. I've, I've got it queued yeah. up, lads. I've uh, got oh, the, I've go got on, the studio version, which is recorded with ukulele accompaniment. So, uh... Warren Gatlin's army and me we're here to take the cup all the way home. All the way home. The best part of this was the sort of singing, the yes. response aspect. With Sam, the captain, we'll take the cup home. This is all in my head. I remember every word of yeah. it. I remember all of these words. Call for the captain and sure take the cup home. Take the cup home. The second verse here is a real 
like window into the Welsh psyche. Because, you know, we haven't talked about the Welsh players, and we're right into going for a market. Predictable run. Hey, the ladies are protest too much. He's going well at this point. He's going really well. Yeah, solid, solid. Could have put Danny Care instead of we don't care. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, injury to Danny Care. Yes. Yeah. I would have liked to have added Manny to a like and fairy reference in there, but it might yeah. be before then, you know? But they 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 also, you know, like they clearly do care because yeah. they're talk they're first yeah. up, Martin Johnson's a bitter man. Yeah. The first two verses are complaining about how much it costs for a point in New Zealand and then taking the piss out of England and Martin Johnson. It's like the Welsh psyche and a bit of Andy Powell. Classic Andy. I forgot that Andy Cowell had a Wales career after the Bobby incident. Yeah. yeah. He was at this World Cup. He comes on and runs straight and hard. Yeah. <laughs> Throws like two offloads, which is a novel thing for this Wales team. <laughs> at one point, Kearnsey's like, I think he's going to run straight and hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how does he know that's going to happen? <laughs> this is, I think this is the moment where the wheels come off. Is this the Mike Phillips first? This is Jamie Roberts. I feel like, next. oh yeah. Oh, fuck it, Jamie Roberts. And this is Wayne Barnes first. Jamie Roberts. Jamie Roberts. He's a doctor. So he's not a doctor. No, no, no. That's, that's, that's funny. That's a joke. I, I'll go with that. I also think it's funny that he says he'd be a doctor in two years' time when in reality Jamie Roberts wasn't a doctor for that. Is he even a doctor yet? He, yeah, he's graduated, but he's not doing it because it's a bit hard, isn't it? Being a doctor. Don't fucking blame him. <laughs> he's, yeah, still, he's still a full time professional rugby player. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he can't be a bit of doctoring on the side, honestly. I enjoy that he always gets the ball over game lines. They can't tackle him, which are in direct like, contradiction. Yeah. If you can get the, get in the ball yeah. over game lines. In order for there to be a game line, yeah. you have to be tackled. Yeah. yeah. Look, we didn't say it was entirely analytically sound. Yes. It is where the words come off. Here we go. Love this part. Lovely. Yes, yes, nothing to a rhyme that begins with this. Yeah. He's not jealous of me. Where the fuck is this one come from? Just throw another, he's thrown another line into that verse. The the things. I, I mean, I will say it's more Ryan Wilson than Brian Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think. Well, I mean, I've never heard Ryan Wilson sing. Maybe he's no. got a lovely voice. But I'm sure he's not a sort of effervescent pop genius. So, uh... <laughs> what if he was all this time? And he just never had the brothers to bring it out of him. Yeah, this one wasn't Prince of Wales on mine. Yeah. <laughs> but topical. I'm fine with yeah. it. Yeah? Yeah. He said no. He can't do his job. Yeah. <laughs> he's no longer a barrister. He's terrible yes. at it. <laughs> Just, just throw a non-rhyming fucking line into the middle of this. Can't handle it. Anyway, enough of that. 
that's pretty. The first I heard of it was on Scrum Five, um, and they asked Sam Warburton about it, and he said that Ken Owens had shown him and the rest of the team that they'd found Ken had found it on YouTube, wow, and had shown everyone else. You gotta love Ken, haven't you, for that? Why was the nice about Ken? I know he was uncapped, but do you think Ken was really excited to be in New Zealand because it was the first time he'd seen the internet? Yeah. I think that Mike Phillips verse is like a fire desire rhyme away from being the worst verse I've ever heard in anything. <laughs> it's pretty bad. That wasn't all though, because um, during the World Cup, reports. So just from quickly, Sc- oh, sorry, just on, on the Mike Phillips bit. Yes, uh, Wales Online did when printing the lyrics change it from he shagged Duffy to he's been with Duffy. I mean, that's no ruined scans. the absolutely yeah. ruined the meter of it even more than it was already ruined. <laughs> that's just like you've you've seen a car. You've, driven past a car crash and you've gone i'm just gonna reverse it to this yeah it's it's less ryan wilson and more josh strauss (laughs) (laughs) they've moved so far away from brian wilson now that they're a big angry south african scottish man in the top basically yeah it's basically the equivalent of that plot amount tackle on shane but in musical (laughs) form everything's flying off in strange directions (laughs) we don't know where it is but we know we don't like it but yeah, during that World Cup, reporters from Sky Sports show Sports Cafe, uh, which appears to be New Zealand's version of Soccer AM, but with right. rugby, um, attempted to get their own Wales song going. Do you remember this? Oh, no. Which I don't was uh, to the tune of the Out Here Brothers' famously dirty 1995 banger, Boom, Boom, Boom. Um, oh. And somehow they even got Wales players to get involved. Um, I'll, I'll, oh, I remember this. Everybody, let me hear you say Wales. Oh, Wales. Yes. Oh, let me hear you say Wales. That's Alan Wynne James there. Fella. No! He, I remember this. What's his favourite whale? Favourite whale. Favourite whale. Favourite whale. Favourite whale. The humpback. It's a pretty, pretty impressive creature, I guess. Killer whale. Oh, really? Was it? Uh, Free Willy, the film. Yeah. That Foxy? Yeah. I'm genuinely shocked they managed to book anybody higher at the pecking order than Ryan Bevington and Craig Mitchell for that, let alone got, Alan Wynne-Jones. They got Alan Wynne, Foxy, Jamie Roberts and Luke Charteris. The entire engine room and midfield. That's pretty high profile. I don't know. And this is a man in a silly curly wig. It's just... I forgot about that completely. Me too. Mm. Uh, but fucking hell. It was a weird World Cup in that way. Yeah. But As you say, all was... the better for it. The start of social media and things could go viral and so on. But it was at that weird point in which if a big company tried to make something go viral, it might actually do it. Mm, yeah, yeah. It was when the power of brands, because I remember like they were, there was some attempts to do this before the 2015 Rugby World mm. Cup, where big brands were like, "We're going to get some viral, funny videos," and they paid certain people who had been kind of quite popular in the viral rugby video scene. Yeah. Don't drop the egg. Um, <laughs> a lot of money to make some crushingly unfunny videos that mm. did about 200 views, and yeah, yeah. I mean, we it's discussed on this pod before. Hey, uh, Nottingham I... rugby trying to get number one at Christmas in 2011, and that got 
maybe 1,000 views. I'll say this, right? <laughs> World Rugby hiring someone who'd had quite a lot of hits on YouTube to make content for them at a World Cup. Shit idea. Terrible idea. Terrible <laughs> idea. You should never have done it. You should never, never have got any of those twats on. They spent so long thinking whether they could do it. They, they didn't really spend any time thinking if they could, whether they should. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Is, is that as on, uh, on musical hits of 2011 for the time is, being? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I did send you, go, you... Unless you want to talk about steps again. I, <laughs> I did send you early today, Josh the all black everything oh, of course just a remarkable archive yeah. like just as an artifact of you know freeze it in time 2011 there's so yeah. much and they were still using the all black everything as a sort of like like as an all blacks thing yeah like as a tagline yeah, and, yeah. Um, for anybody who hasn't heard it, that's listening, uh, in the New Zealand-Japan episode, we do a proper analysis of that and the name drop of Isaiah Toeyava. And... Uh, we actually are joined by... <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, we interview P-Money. P-Money, yeah. <laughs> the... Yeah, that was... We, that defi- was we definitely joint. interview the real P-Money. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely um, who was is that? Who, who came on. And he explains his creative process um, yeah. <laughs> to so, what you could describe. One other thing about the end of this half, right? End of the first half. Yeah. Um, we get to see... A lesser, lesser spotted uh, animal in its natural habitat, which is now suddenly extinct, which is the fox grubber. Or, mm, yes, um, I miss those. Do you remember when Jonathan Davis used to randomly grub away possession, and it always <laughs> went into? It was always slightly on, but the kick always went into touch and was kind of pointless and worthless. Sure. I mean, you, you can see that all the time. You could see Shane Williams in a lot of space back there. Yeah. You could see that it was it was possible, but. The, the the probability ratio of that staying in field and sitting mm. it perfectly from probably pretty low. And also, he continued to do it when Wales's two wingers were George North and Alex Cuthbert, both yes. of whom are very quick when they get up to top speed, but are not exactly shooting sure. through a tiny. You know, they're not Shane Williams. Yeah, no. pace wise. The majority, the majority of my notes on the remainder of the first half is just how shit James Hook is. Uh, I've got the he drops a ball, gives a hospital pass, he kicks something out on the full, he shapes the most telegraphed backline attack that you'll ever see, and gets Jamie Roberts stripped. So, uh, and then briefly, Stephen Jones comes on, and Wales look like a rugby team, but <laughs> less of that uh, as Stephen Jones ends up going off again. I've got. Yeah, it's it's the Gatlin's absolute refusal to accept that Stephen Jones was still a good idea at this point is a bit of a blind spot, I think. Yeah, I've got one. He really wants James Hook to work, and it just 
It does. No. It doesn't. It really doesn't. I'm just glad he abandoned it very soon after this, and yeah. only had moments of weakness for the next few years. <laughs> I've got one note that just says, "Loving by QC Quay Cooper, arrow to offside Wales, and then the next arrow to murder." And I don't know what that means. No, I don't know what that means. I don't think I want to. Quade Cooper, offside Wales, murder. Okay. Uh, if anyone has any answers to what that may mean, please send them to P.O. Box 686. Um, <laughs> at Israel Falau. Uh, yes, please send them to at Israel Falau on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Please send all of your theories and also any gay porn you happen to have on you at that time. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Should we move on to the Falau. second half? Um, yeah. When Quade the, Cooper comes back out, sits on the bench and starts tweeting. Do you know who else comes out? Do you know who else comes out? Nathan Sharp, who does his leg in and is told he should come off. He goes, this is my last game for the Wallabies. <laughs> Minus 16. This is my last game for the Wallabies. It's my I'm 17th play... to last game for the Wallabies. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I'm going to play on until I physically can't. And the coaches, for some reason, go, okay, oh. fair enough. <laughs> um, the doctor well, says, basically, when you get to half time, the adrenaline will no longer push you through. Uh, the moment you cool down, your body will break and you won't be able to continue. So he goes, cool, I'll play till halftime, at which point I'll be physically broken and won't be able to walk again. But it'll be worth it because I played an extra 15 minutes of the Wallabies. And then he comes out for the second half. I don't know what happened in between. I don't know if he just jogged on the spot. He was like Aaron Wainwright in 2019, just doing a yeah. few laps on the, you know, on the exercise bike in between. But yeah, yeah so chasing I mean, Dick Biwani around the changing room. It just uh, it just really <laughs> adds the to pigeon. the whole end of term vibe to this game, yeah. doesn't it? Yes. It's like the teachers lost control. The, you know, the kids are basically running the show, but fuck it. The, the kids are massive bald man called Nathan. <laughs> I mean the the most notable thing to start the half is James Hot oh. missing between the posts. Yeah, yeah I can remember him lining that kick up and thinking, oh my god, he's about stuff. to miss that. And like, th- sorry. Go Other on. thing, just on injuries and in the the first half. George North, George North has to go off for blood, and when the camera cuts to him, it looks like the end of Carrie, like he's properly covered in blood all over his head. Like I've, I don't know if I've ever seen a rugby player bleeding more than he is right there. It's 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 incredible. It's incredible. And then in the second half, he takes a hard tackle, gets up and carries the ball again a few minutes later, and the blood is pouring all over his face again. But it's the last play, so they don't, you know, they just carry on. Yeah. Like clearly, yeah. whatever bandage or whatever strapping up he'd had comes off, and he's just bleeding relentlessly again. It's, That's with Shane off the pitch. Yeah. It's almost like, yeah, rugby's got a lot more sensible in the last ten years regards to how it allows players to continue mm. to play rugby. Yeah. Because that, way, like, no matter what George was telling anyone, that cut was not closed. And was clearly just still bleeding constantly. Yeah. And every time there was a break in play, somebody was coming on and changing that bandage. Because when they weren't, like you said, it looks like the end of carry. It looks <laughs> like, you know, it's it looks like platoon, you know. It, it's, it's just bad stuff. And, you know, he's 18 years old at this point. Just maybe you'll have plenty more. Like, he, he could have been at the prom in carry. That's how yeah. young he was. <laughs> They young. called him up. Doesn't Quaid everyone Cooper look young? Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, Dan Lydiot looks young. I'd forgotten what Dan Lydiot looked like when he was young because he yeah. looked so sort of weathered for about 10 years, it seems. I think he became old in 2012. 
But at this point, he still just looks remarkably fresh-faced. John Davis has got highlights. Yes. Which just... Jamie Roberts and Alan Wynne-Jones both have hair. Yeah, yeah. Alan Wynne's didn't go through the soul patch period. I was yes. about like Adam Ashley Cooper, how fresh-faced he mm. looks. Mm. And like he's not got the full beard by this point, and he's not got the slicked back hair quite. He's not mainly grey. James yeah. O'Connor, man. Yeah, like, yeah. James O'Connor looks, looks like, like an Bieber. actual baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Justin Bieber thing all over. Yeah. Um, yeah. You mentioned Dan Lydia. I want to throw up a brief moment of Rod K for being an idiot. Oh, I uh, hate. Oh him. yes, I'm... I know what's coming. Yeah. Sorry, it's Phil Kearns, not Rod Kafer. I don't know if you caught that. He just says, in a moment's silence, it's lucky there's an L in front of Lydia's name. And then there's Which... a moment's silence, and then someone says, thank you, Philip. All Which that I... says to me is that he's never heard of Dan Lydia before this game. No, exactly. I also like to think that Dan Lydia heard about this and remembered two years later when Lids was chop-tackling Australia to <laughs> death on the Lions tour. Just looked up into the commentary booth. I was like, you're next. Is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The disrespect um, yeah. of the future Six Nations player of the God. tournament, Dan Lydius. There's another moment that Phil Kearns has. Uh, he has a lot of... But, oh, even, it, but even by home broadcast standards, this comms team are unbelievably biased. Yeah. It's I mean, amazing. Get you, at one point, Kearns shouts, but... give it to Digby. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, a few hell, points, man. to be honest. Even by Jiffy standards, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like they reach a point where they don't care about the outcome of the game. They no, just yeah. want Digby Yuani to have a run. And every time the Wallabies get possession, they're just going like, go on, pass it to Digby, lads. You know you want to. And there's a point where Berwick Barnes does this brilliant kick into the Welsh 22. And they're going like, I wish he gave it to Digby Yuani. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, it's remarkable. But there is again, this, like, they, end of term. They desperately fancy Digby Yuani. And they're trying yeah. not to express it. Yeah. Don't get me um, wrong. Dippy Yuani, incredibly handsome man. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't sure. blame them at all. Yeah. Yeah. But the, and especially after that dancing, man. Like, of course. Of course. Anyone would. There's a moment where they're talking about chip kicks. Mm-hmm. And one of them says, basically, just like constantly in the Northern Hemisphere, all they do is chip kick, just loads of chip kicks. Uh, and Phil Kern says, so they do more chip kicks than they do up here. And they go, yeah. And he says, thank God I don't have to commentate on that. Oh, my God. <laughs> As though, A, Chip Kicks are the worst thing in rugby. It's, it's and weird. B, feelings mutual, Bill. It's because James O'Connor keeps doing bad chip kicks. Yeah. Which is, yeah. which, you know, if all you're seeing is bad chips over the top of the defence, then I can understand why. But occasionally, they're quite good. They're yeah. not always horrendously overhit directly into the half-penny's hands. Sometimes oh, yeah. they actually cause a problem for the defence. I mean, I, Today I is not a, that day. But I think that's a perfect segue onto Wales' first I also, try. I don't think that the Northern <laughs> Hemisphere was... I know it was the period no. of rush defence you could undo like that, but the Northern Hemisphere wasn't completely caught up in chips. No. I, I don't know if he just heard about fish and chips as a meal and assumed <laughs> that must be... He's mixing that up. They all love chips over there. They call them chips up there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, really? It's <laughs> chips, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fish I mean, kick. crisp kick doesn't have quite the same ring to it, does it? You know, mm. um, the French call them frites. <laughs> <laughs> Freedom kicks, as they call them in the US now. <laughs> Lovely. So the the way was try. Yes. Yeah. So Mike Phillips crabs across the field a little bit, puts in this 
delicious scrubber kick for James Hook to chase. And then James Hook does his best thing of the tournament and he decides, you know what people don't do enough of in rugby? If you throw the ball like further in the direction of the opposition goal line, surely that would gain a territorial advantage for you. Why don't people just pass it closer towards the try line a bit more? And so he throws a pass that goes about 20 metres forward uh, for Shane to chip it on. And uh, then, to be fair, hell of a finish by Shane. Chips it around Digby Iwani on sort of the half volley and scores in the corner. Can I give it's you a classic just... Shane try. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it absolutely was not intended to work out no, like that. No. Down to the, like, the, his teammate's incompetence and Shane's yeah. going, fine, I'll turn this into a try, why don't I? <laughs> Can I give you some distressing news? Go on. The Australian commentators make an alarmingly similar point to you. Uh, and I've got loads of clips recorded that turned out in the second half. But. Off there. Going through your over the ball forward. Rugby's not one of them. Wayne Bart, serial offender in terms of not ruling on balls like that. That's ridiculous. The touchdown. Hello. Well. <laughs> they, 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 yeah. they say, they call him a disgrace at some point, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Oh, I they mean, really hate Wayne. They hate Wayne Barnes even more than the guy who wrote that song did. For, yeah. They, they really hate Wayne Barnes because he allowed. A, a consolation try in the bronze final or something which, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was very, very, very definitely a forward pass. Yeah, yeah. But, like, he wasn't at the greatest angle to see it. No, and you couldn't call that back to the TMO. You could only call it at yeah. the time. The TMO could only comment on the finish, on the act yeah. of scoring. It was when say, the a consolation try in the bronze final, which Australia won. Comfortably. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was absolutely much more comfortable than the scoreboard made yeah, it look. for sure. I mean, okay, so this was their commentary on the try itself as it was happening in front of them. Right, and I'll chip in with the moment the try is... Well, actually, no, I'll see if you can figure out the moment the try is scored. Proper like oh no, free men in the pub vibes. Yeah, like they just they don't commentate. They have a moment. One of them says, "Yo, Wayne Bars, nothing's forward," because uh, they haven't watched it in referee since last World Cup. Yeah, um, and then they <laughs> they crack on. And like it's... what I love is that they completely gloss over the incredible piece of skill from Shane yeah. Williams to like fly no hatches forward it. and then just basically sidestep Digby Iwani without even holding the ball. Like don't get me wrong. Definitely a forward pass. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is by miles, and it probably should. You know, it shouldn't. Well, it definitely shouldn't have been a try. You know, if you hmm. if you referee it correctly. But all things considered, fair play, Shane Williams. Yes, yeah. I mean it's a phenomenal bit of skill by Phillips, Ben Hook, Ben Williams. Yeah, a, all three of them do very, very well. And yes, there's a forward pass in the middle of it. Sure, but come on, mate. Like if, you, if you're not enjoying that, what's the point in rug? I know, I know, it's a forward pass, but yeah. It's such pure and great and off-the-cuff rugby. Yeah. And I think that's the issue, is that, like... So, yeah, I wouldn't mind them being one-sided if it mm. felt like they were at least sort of enjoying some of the spectacle as well. But there's yeah. just a genuine sort of miserableness mm. about everything. You know? Like, fucking hell. Like, just, what are you doing commentating on this game if you hate this so much? Yeah. 
This Not guy weird. is a joke, Wayne Barnes, they say. Yeah, my <laughs> final clip of them I recorded comes just over five minutes after the try, okay? Uh, and they're still annoyed about it. <laughs> I love the way that they try and go like, oh, Kiwis, like, aren't we so hard done by by Wayne Barnes in World <laughs> Cups? Like, we've just considered trying the bronze final, lads. Like, oh, my God. Like, how do you do, fellow people who've had their World Cups ruined by some Englishmen? <laughs> oh, no. We'll still win this game at a canter. Yeah. Oh, no. You, yeah, you know exactly were... how you feel, poor New Zealanders <laughs> who got robbed in the quarterfinal. Yeah. They were so upset about it. They were so really angry about angry. it for so long. Even after the final whistle, they were bringing it up over yeah, and over again. I love that. They couldn't even be happy. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, before the game, they seemed genuinely happy for Wales to be in the, the bronze. Yeah, game. yeah. Like, but afterwards, they couldn't even rejoice in like, oh, fair play. What finished by Shane Williams? I mean, yeah. it didn't count for anything. Because, you know, it's happened before where us three all being uh, Welsh fans in, in this uh, mm. podcast recording room. The opposition has scored something that at the time you called, oh no, that should never be allowed. And afterwards you've gone, oh, fair play, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The yeah, see, like, if you, yeah, if you enjoy the sport of rugby union, like you can't help but appreciate outrageous skill. Sure. Even when mm. it's, you know, against your own team or even yeah. if there's some, you know, but they're not, not in this commentary booth. Jesus, yeah. no. Yeah. It's all angry all the time. Imagine... How angry those guys must have been by the time Australia reached their sort of nadir of oh, the last couple of years. Yeah. Really angry because one of them tried to take over the fucking yeah. ARU, yeah. I guess. So, yeah, really <laughs> fucking angry. <laughs> so. I'm surprised he didn't try and play fly half for them as well. While he was oh, there. Drop himself into the team. There's another point where they're talking about Scott Havenbotham and one of them says, I was just talking to their parents, Peter and Anna forgotten their mum's name. <laughs> Oh dear! Uh, it's just oh, just classic constant, everyday. Wherever sexism. you look, yeah, it's just vintage commentary. The the last point I have about the commentary is that mm. at the end, when Shane Williams does that really nice flick pass, Phil Kearns says, "Oh, I thought it might have been Shane Williams, but turns out it was the number 11. And then he looks down on his team sheet and realizes <laughs> that number eleven is Shane Williams. You've been watching him for seventy minutes, mate. Yeah. He also says that uh, they had an injury to Ryan Priestland, who'd been playing very well. <laughs> at which point, what the, another one of them replies, Reese, and they said, "Yes, lots of good young players." <laughs> Clearly thinking Reese is a different Welsh player. Incredible. Matthew oh, Reese, the young player, maybe. Yeah. But still, it's, it's Tom Reese. There was so <laughs> Richie Reese. England's, England's answer at open side still. Yeah. Still. I don't any... Call him in. Yeah. Call yeah. him in. Tom Coe's gonna be playing for the Lions in every game ever. So yeah. why not yeah. put him in? So is Jack Tom Willis. Reece. Yeah. Jack Jack Willis is Even gonna be playing for the World yeah. 15. Yeah. yeah. Jack Willis with one knee is still better than all the players in the world if they had six knees. Like yeah. if Richie McCaw had 15 knees, he still wouldn't be as good as Jack Willis with one knee. I mean, to be fair, I think that's probably true. I mean, yeah, I think probably I mean, 15 knees would be a real you know, like, serious disability. Yeah. One player who doesn't know anything about having one knee, who? Uh, being on one knee, it's Henry Slade. That's damn um, right. Because oh. he, he only kneels for the Queen and God, probably. And even then, and even then, he didn't kneel before Alan Jones. <laughs> yeah. So, so, James O'Connor gets a couple of penalties. 
Yeah, yeah. Australian... well taken. You know, close the game out a bit. Barry yeah, Barnes Australia really kind of cruise into the lead. Yeah, Barry Barnes plays a big part in it's like, just... actually getting into the half. One yeah. of those really steady wins. Where... It's the sort of thing that Australia don't do anymore. Yeah. Which, and they used to do, you know, they did to Wales 11 times in a row or whatever mm. it was, which is that they let Wales hang around until about 60 minutes. Yeah. And then yeah. they go, let's finish this off, shall we, lads? And yeah. instant set piece pressure comes on and penalties happen. And yeah. then eventually they finally get the try that wins it. And it's like, yeah, yeah this has all been coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's. So after suffering 50 minutes of James Hook doing what I, I guess was an attempt at game management, there's a great point where Shane just decides, I'm sick of this, lads. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna manage the game. Look, hey, I'm the game manager. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. And there's, I mean, to be, to be fair, I think he does a good job of it uh, on the whole. You know, he, he, he brings in oh, the force quite the... well. And th- no, no, no. Um, no. He brings in the force quite well. And then Stephen Jones also comes on and actually helps him out a little bit. And those two actually do a very good job and they get into the Australian half. There's a point where they briefly get turned over. Ben Alexander tries to clear the ball and gets charged down by Jamie Roberts, who, try- who nearly goes the distance. But we will we- gloss over we'll that. Get, we'll go past that. Yeah. And then uh, Wales go about 20 more phases and then Shane Williams attempts to drop goal. And, and it does misses. not go well. It's not great. It's really yeah. not great. I, I don't think it's the worst option in the world, but it's far from Shane's best kick. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's the worst option in the world if you're somebody that can do drop goals. <laughs> if you're Shane Williams, you should probably just pass it to someone who is. Yeah. And Shane, I mean, Shane is, I suppose, a recognised drop kicker. You know, he scored drop goals to the Ospreys before and stuff. Leicester, but yeah. there was there was a vibe of like, oh well, I've not got a drop goal yet for Wales, and I'm retiring soon. I think so... there's, I think there's a big <laughs> bit of that in there. Yeah, there's, you know, in wanting to go like, through the score sheet. Yeah, like Martin Williams retired with points next to his name, not tries, because of his drop goal against yes. Tonga in 2003. And I think Shane had a little bit of uh, envy about that. Mm. Yeah, and just it's just symptomatic of the sort of malaise that is, you know, Wales are better in this second half. Yeah. But they are extremely wayward Yeah, whenever they get anywhere near a sort of point-scoring opportunity. The set piece is a mess. The line-out's a mess. Paul James is having another rough afternoon on the tight head side, Mm -hmm. and you can't blame him. No. Also, is Adam Jones on the bench, or do they get the team sheet? No, he's injured. Yeah, Yeah. but they list him amongst the subs on the team sheet at the start of the game. And I think it's because they didn't is have that, anyone else. Is that so, not Alan Wynne Jones? Yeah. Is he listed as AJ? Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah, because at this um, point you only had one prop on the bench. Oh, of course. Yeah, so Ryan yeah, Bevington yeah. had to cover both sides. Oh, yeah, Ryan was coming both sides. And he does come on for Paul James and things get absolutely no better. As well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gethin yeah. moves the tight head, which is one of the things we always talked about as a possibility, but it never happened yeah. until here. Yeah. Uh, things so get no better. Things get absolutely actually, no better. Do you know who I think would be most annoyed by that Shane drop goal? Who? Gethin Jenkins. Because he's the one that yeah. passed to him, right? And if they were going to go for a drop goal, he could have done he it himself. Have, he yeah, nailed absolutely it. should have fucking taken it. Yeah. <laughs> we all saw his kick in the penalty shootout in 2007. He's fine. I mean, he, he Bradley Davis recognised fly half. You know, he could have taken yeah. it. So many kicking options, man. Yeah, Ryan so, Jones was the goalkeeper so in school. In that last 20 minutes, there were so many players popping up in places where they shouldn't have. And there yeah. was far too much Bradley Davis at first, first receiver in this game. <laughs> Gethin <laughs> Jenkins basically invents the modern forward. Like him popping up. <laughs> there's a few times he tries to throw those like, you know, like 
like um, behind the back pocket passes to someone in the boot yeah. and there's no one there because he's trying to play rugby from 10 years in the future and no one's lingering out his back and like he plays as an edge forward on a few phases it's it's fascinating stuff to watch Geffen Jenkins just I love invent the, the future I mean, of rugby in one such go. a big part of that is how lazy Geffen really oh, is oh yeah, like, yeah when sure. he's knackered and he goes oh I'm, I'm playing an edge forward but really he's just hanging out on the wing because he can't be yeah. asked to get into the centre of the field but still it's like when you read stories about Razzy Erasmus' playing career and like he was the one going and doing analysis and the coaches were telling him to cool mm. off, you yeah. know. And like Geffen is is accidentally like that, but without yeah. the work ethic. Sure, sure. <laughs> so Barry Bonds slots a drop goal like really easily. And yeah, you think sure like, oh shit, done. lads, they've yeah. got that in the locker. Yeah, yet another reason why Barrett Barnes should have more than the sort of whatever it was, the 30 odd caps that he's got for Australia. Yeah. Mm. That was him properly wanting to be like the icing on the cake sort of thing. And just like, I've now done everything in this game uh, because it just seems a bit too easy. And it just felt like he was like setting personal targets for himself at that point, like be why, a pro mode. Why didn't they give him the kicking so that he could have gone through the score yeah. sheet? Their yeah. penalties between the posts, they had conversions, very gettable. He could have got a full house. And should have. And what were they doing? What were they playing at? Yeah, instead that bloody winger who can't even score any tries. Ridiculous. Looks like Justin Bieber kicking at goal. Disgraceful. Speaking of tries, uh, Australia score another one. And yeah. what a try. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it comes off the back of Australia nearly scoring one of the best tries of the World Cup. Yeah. And going the length of the field. I don't remember this at all. And feeding the ball yeah. back. And, so, and Anthony Fanger did something incompetent. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. drew, he drew in a man and passed to Luke Burgess, who didn't drop the ball. Like, I, see, okay, I went back and watched this a few times because I wondered if he had. And yeah. so he has a straight line in front of him, right? He could just keep running. And instead, he slows down, starts trying to step half penny, long half pennies there. Uh, if he just ran a straight line, he could have potentially offloaded. He would have been grand. Instead, he he doesn't do that. Uh, he waits until the Welsh defender all around. And it'd be fine if only Halfpenny was coming across, but there's also George North and someone else who they managed to knock the ball out of Ashley Cooper's hands. George North does an incredible oh, job. Yeah, yeah. Ashley Cooper just does. like that one of the best thing finishing in the every world. other fucking timeline. That's a try. Yeah, yeah. And George North just goes, "No, I'm just going to fucking smash you right on the try line." <laughs> yeah, and knock the ball loose because I'm George North and I'm massive, and nobody's realised this yet. Uh, yeah. Additionally, not sure whether or not this is relevant, but my uh, notes on that try start with just Andy Powell is shit. <laughs> yeah, so I can't remember what he did, but I think he did. It, I remember he did a few things that were very, very bad in this game. So whilst I was watching this try, um, I got a message from my friend saying she was going to watch School of Rock for the first time tonight, uh, and I was far more interested in that. And I was then just looking at the try and didn't register it as a score because I was too excited for the ball. Someone watching School of Rock for the first time. I think this try would have been so much more interesting if it wasn't scored by Ben McCalman. Or if scored if by it... Jack Black. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. that, that would have made Stuff it a lot more For a variety notable. of reasons, that <laughs> yeah. would have been really... Uh, at this stage in the game, it would have been really interesting. Look, I had just as much reason over this World Cup to believe that Jack Black was in the Australia squad as Ben McCalman. You know, they've sure. done just as much in their respective yeah. performances. For their just country. as much to annihilate Ireland's breakdown threat, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's ex- exactly the same sort of impact was being made. In fact, I think a greater impact was being made by Jack Black because yeah. the sheer inspiration of being able to think about School of Rock after having a tough game, you could then just go, wow, everything is okay. School of Rock exists. Yeah, precisely. 
But no, I guess Antfinger's brother, uh, Saya Fanger, uh, mm. makes a, a pretty dominant carry. And then the Welsh defence just decides, you know what, lads? The World's Cup, so it's inevitable. We're coming fourth it's... place and don't fold around. And he, he pops a fairly nice ball off the floor to Ben McCammon, who goes over untouched. It's a bored, tired team being bored and tired. <laughs> yeah. And you know it's what? A... Like, Australia did deserve to get more than yeah, two yeah. tries in this game. Yeah, they did. Like, it's, it's a shame that's the one they finished because they had a few good opportunities and that one was sort of the most boring looking of the lot of them. But they did deserve to get a few more tries. So, yeah, yeah play to them. Yeah, this was comfortably, you know, an Australian performance that deserved to win handily. And the fact yeah. that Wales, you know, only lost by three points is just more yeah. to do with effort on everyone's part, really. Yeah. Mm. Like Australia took the gas off once they sort of got that sort of ten point lead and allowed yeah. Wales back into it. And Wales, you know, Wales scored their trying to make it look respectable yeah. with eighty minutes plus on the clock. I think that's yeah. one of the tries of the tournament, to be honest. Like, I think that's a phenomenal 31 try. phases. 31 and, phases from 70 It doesn't meters. matter that the 27th was in touch. Yeah, yeah, but... yeah, sure. <laughs> and I love that it's like the subs having a chuck about. Like, yeah. Lloyd Williams and Lloyd Burns are both on at this point. And, like, this is like a 21-year-old Lloyd Williams or something who is just... He, at that Picking point... A fresh face, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, he's... Back when... Being a replacement scrum half was as simple as Mike Phillips is on. So if I play a little bit faster than him, I'll look like I've made a good impact. And that's what the job was at this World Cup. And he did a really good job at it. Yeah, he's all energy and getting the ball away quick. And it instantly makes Australia go, ooh. Because they've (laughs) just been used to Mike Phillips sort of crabbing away. Playing number 20 for Wales in this World Cup is a mindset. (laughs) (laughs) Hence why Tavis Noyle could do it. Yeah, right? My favourite thing about this try as well is that it is fantastic, like 15 phases, but there are yeah. 15 phases of where it's going absolutely nowhere. In yes. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's like the Monty Python sketch with the footballers' philosophy team. Yeah. Where they kind of have like a eureka moment and they start making 20 yards on every carry. It's, they start giving it to Shane. There's yeah. that point where Shane does like the double, like the double dummy scissors and then puts half, half penny, penny in about, yeah, like half the pitch worth of space. Um, <laughs> and there's there's another point, I think he sends like, Ryan Bevington or someone through a gap at another point. And then, you know, he, he, he goes over the white line himself and into touch uh, mm-hmm. and he runs so far. Shane has a few really, really nice touches in this try. I suppose the, the flick onto Bradley Davis is the, the best of a lot. We're all just making the most of him, weren't we? Yeah. You know? It was like Munster's last attack the other week where CJ Stander was carrying every single ball. Yeah, he was somehow just, every rock. Yeah, yeah, just wanting to make the most of it. Yeah. Yeah, I also love. So it's Lee Halfpenny finishes the try in the end, but I mm. love Bradley Davis's touch at the end where Shane Williams bats the ball onto him, and Bradley is in loads and loads of space, and he maybe could have scored. But bear in mind, Bradley Davis never scored a try for Wales in his career to yeah. this day, but he kind of realizes that if Adam Ashley Cooper comes across and catches him at this point, he's never going to hear the end of it, and so he just really slowly delivers the ball to Lee Halfpenny, thinking, "Oh, mate, like if you don't finish this, this is on you." At this point, and Halfpenny thankfully does manage to skate into that's, the corner and run it in under the posts. That's his career as a schoolboy fly half coming through. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a nice touch by Bradley Davis to yeah. give that to Halfpenny. You can see the sort of pain in his eyes as he's giving it, though, because it's just <laughs> he knows, you know, he's got five meters to cover, but you're Bradley Davis. Yeah. And the defense is there. And he, and he, you can see him going, well, I might be able to just smash my way over. Yeah. But if I don't, I'm like, like a right prick and waste 32 phases of work. 
on one hand, if I dummy and go past Adam Ashley Cooper and dive in <laughs> under the posts, then I, I will never stop talking about it. But if I get tackled and held up, then I'll never stop hearing about it. Uh, and I think that... he has enough time to figure out the yeah, risk and reward. At that strategy. point, though, you're thinking, well, the worst, the worst that happens, it could be 33 phases. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very true. Like, yeah. at that point, why not go for it? If Shane can be the world's most selfish man at this point in <laughs> yes. the game, then fuck it. The thing is, though, so obviously, Harpenny goes over and Wales mm. lose the game 21-18. Australia would rather win the game, deservedly, mm. 21-18, and that's the final score. But they just they give the, the kick at goal to, to Stephen Jones, and it's like, why don't you just give it to Bradley Davis or Dan sure. Lady or someone? Like, it's the last kick of the, the your World Cup. You might as well just Even piss Shane. about with it. Yeah, yeah, even Shane. Make up for his drop goal. Yeah, exactly. But no, they go down the boring route. Stephen Jones gets the, the conversion and Wales lose 21-18. Yeah. Um, I believe that just about brings us through the game. I think it does. Have you got any other points of interest before we move on to Man of the Match and Dick of the Day? Nothing about the game, no. I mean, Anything not about the game? I mean, I can tell you what was on... Uh, BBC Two in because uh, we haven't got the broadcast to sort of no, sure. left up. You know, I, I just went deep into sort of shit that was also on telly this day. Sure, yeah. okay. So, so on BBC Two uh, up against this game was an old episode of In the Night Garden. Okay, oh my God, yeah. Okay, followed by a very old episode of the Pink Panther Show. Wow, as in, as in the one where he's like in the live action car at the start, oh, wow. but he's animated yeah. like the, no. Oh wow, old. yeah, yeah. Um. But uh, and on BBC One, just absolute classics. Homes Under the Hammer. Okay, sure, uh, solid, solid. And then a, a, a show called Dirty Tricks of the Tradesman, which sounds more sexy than is it, it is. Is it Dom Littlewood? Uh, is it not, Dom Littlewood? Oh, it's, Chris, no. it's, Chris, it's Chris Hollins shortly after his sort of Strictly Come Dancing pomp. Okay, yeah. okay. And, uh, Friday night, though, later on that night, because it was on a Friday, do you want to know who was on Jules that evening? Oh, go, go on. on. Feist. For okay. starters. Don't remember who that is. Lamb of God, weirdly. Wow, okay. okay. On Jules Holland. Uh, yeah. Uh, and Leanne Le Harvest. Right. Which just was actually quite a good, which is very 2011-y. Yes. But, you know, also kind of... I expected it to be a lot worse. I mean, I forgot that 2011 had anything other than moves like Jagger and Adele, so... <laughs> who would be on Jules Holland every week. Yes. Sure, yeah. Is that the extent of it? Is that the extent of... I suppose Friday morning... Isn't it? Friday morning is fuck. You know, it is proper. Like, there's a bit of bargaining mm. on later. Okay. Like, it's I... it's pretty bad. I, I can tell you that uh, Phil Vickery would become the first man to ever win both the Rugby World Cup and <laughs> the MasterChef title uh, the very next day. The next on the day of the World Cup final. And on the day of the World Cup final. Wow! Phil Vickery reached Which his Everest. It's the bigger event for rugby. <laughs> I mean, I think they're close. Yeah. I don't think anyone could deny they're close. Yeah, I mean that's why Christian Day is held above all um, all World Cup winners. Yeah, absolutely. He is Northampton's finest player. Yeah, ever better than uh, Martin Johnson as far as England go. Yeah, Yeah. better than than Stephen Myler. Better than um, Stephen Myler. Boniver was on that uh, late with Jules episode as well, just to get even more eclectic. Yeah, that that is a really diverse mix, isn't it? It's a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah. 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 In the Night Garden, Pink Panther, Daily Politics, and then a program, and called, GM, program called GMT with George Alagaya, which yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember that. It was 
sort of a precursor to. Oh no, no. Am I? No, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of something else. Okay. I mean, it's it is what it is. No, the, and then there um, was some diagnosis murder because obviously, of course, of course. How could it not be? Okay, the number one film at the box office that week. Uh, John English Reborn. Yeah, okay, there you are. Oh, fair enough. Um, the Free Mus- Remember the Free Musketeers? Oh, with, with Orlando Bloom. Um, Orlando Bloom and who I can't stand. And um, <laughs> what's her face? Um, Mila Jokovic. Yes. Yeah, wow. yeah. That was about. Wow. I forgot Orlando Bloom was in that because I forget about him constantly. Um, I really don't like Orlando Bloom. I think he is both incredibly boring and a prick, which is a real tie rope to walk. Crazy, stupid. I hope he's not listening. On. I, in fact, I hope he is. To be honest, like I I'm fine with I'm yeah, fine yeah. with him listening. Like it's, it's an extra extra person listening to this. There was, and if he tweets about this, then we'll probably get a few people. There extra. was a really bland. I forgot. What, it had some generic title like retaliation or some bullshit film he was in about five years ago now, maybe 2017. I want to say where. It starred uh, Numi Rapace as this female spy who was trying to mm-hmm. uncover blah 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 corruption in the CIA or That's something. Solid bullshit. casting, yeah, yeah. You know, it was it was all right, and I was sort of like forty five minutes in, thinking this is all right. You know, this is a solid little thriller, whatever. Uh, Orlando Bloom turns up, and it's like five minutes of falling asleep. Um, <laughs> that is the power of Orlando Bloom to me. He is the world's most boring man. He is mahogany made human, and yet he is somehow also a bit of a prick. Uh, I don't like Orlando Bloom, and thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Still hanging about in the charts was Judy Moody in The Not Bummer Summer, which I believe was about Lewis's daughter. The change-up, the... Oh, sorry, I'm going through the box-off mojo here. Should I stop? There's some real weird left-field film action around this time. (laughs) Because The Lion King 3... like Remember when they remade The Lion King, but it was in 3D, and people went to see that at the cinema? Mm. Um, shortly after the World Cup finishes is the arrival of the Adventures of Tintin. Mm. Remember that the Spielberg. Yeah, fucking... I watched that last year. Did, did the kick weird. not chart? So no. So at number ninety nine in the UK box office. Oh my charts, god, we're not going through all of them, are we? No. At, <laughs> yeah, at number nine was a re-release of Kez, an official re-release of Kez. Because they were really the capitalism, the, the misery of the previous week, uh, which brought in a total of $129 at the box office. Oh my nice. God. So, hey, <laughs> why bother re releasing it in that case? But I feel like if we submitted the recording of this podcast mm-hmm. to cinemas, we could outgrow that re release of Cares. Yeah, I, mean, we could. I think it's definitely worth a try. Yeah. Are, are, we, are we in? We're doing this? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what else? The cinema's got the show at the moment. Oh, there's a huge backlog of fucking blockbuster movies that need to go out or anything, is there? <laughs> I'll tell you what, Josh, if that works and we get the, a mad, you know, million dollar revenue for this, Leah's going to be so pissed off at you. I know. I'm, I'm taking my talent in the classical LeBron James style. I'll be taking my talents to South Beach. <laughs> I, um, we then have to release the Lee's episode on England, France as a sequel. Yeah. And see how that does in comparison. <laughs> yeah. That's the undercard. Yeah. But it'll, it'll come with a lot of hype the second time around, though. So, you know, that's you'll, true. Have, you'll already have a, a sort of baked-in audience. They'll always do a bit better. Or everyone will be done with it, you know? Maybe. Everyone will everyone will have got bored of it. Like, we don't need a sequel to this. I'm, I'm reading more about uh, Dirty Tricks of the Tradesman, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds really mean, right? <laughs> the description okay. is, hidden camera series. 
College lecturer Gillian from Berkshire sets up her lodger Desmond for a visit from a pretend rogue roofer, and a Hertfordshire what? man sets up his girlfriend. So what's the setup? What's the? I think the setup what's is the idea of... they put hidden cameras in your house, and then yeah. a, a fake dodgy tradesman comes around, and then they basically try to con you into sort of agreeing to do a load of work and have your drive tarmac <laughs> or something. Mm. And then presumably the person who set you out comes out and goes, you fucking shithouse. And so did what can be sense? achieved by that? I don't <laughs> think a lot. I think it only lasted one series. <laughs> you surprised only 15 me, episodes. There was only 15 episodes. The final Never episode, made it to the box office. Season finale uh, was Roger uses smelly cheese in a bottle of water to portray the teacher from Kent that he needs to pay several hundred pounds for unnecessary damp proofing. Should we do a bonus episode where we watch this back and do a <laughs> like, retrospective? So, this it's got to be on iPlayer. Yeah. So was it... An actually quite good tradesman who came. Was it an actor? Yeah, it was, was a, it... a fake tradesman pretend a good a real good tradesman pretending to be a fake bad tradesman. <laughs> what if it was a shit house tradesman who was pretending to be a good tradesman? Exactly. You know, drum up the business so he could then be a shit house tradesman to everyone else on TV. It's this kind of how deep down does this hole go? <laughs> Which is a question they asked after one tradesman came and dug a hole yeah. in their floor. Dirty tricks of the tradesman inception. That's where we're yes. at. That was that was the previous year in the box office. <laughs> oh, I relate to this one. Pretend rogue trade in episode eleven. Pretend rogue plumber Roger tries to fool a nineteen-year-old who's caught up in his games console. <laughs> playing rugby look, challenge two. Look, we've all been there. <laughs> yeah, like playing anyway. rugby world cup official video game. Yeah, should we do man of the match and dig of the day? Probably. Yeah. Sure. Teas were here. Should we start with dick of the day? That feels like the place to begin. Okay. Should I kick us off on this one? Please. Please do. Okay. I mean, one option is obviously Roman Poit for forgetting that he's a referee, not a coach, not a Mm. winger or whatever. Uh, Another one is Quake Cooper for snapping his own ankles instead of anybody else's. That's not how sidestepping works. But Mm. frankly, I've just got to give it to James Hook. I don't really have one specific reason. It just is James Hook. And and that's that's the end of my um, TED Talk. Lots shorter than yours, Robbie. The, the sort of like gradual decline of James Hook over the course of this tournament, because I, I remember him not being terrible against South Africa. Mm. Yeah, but like he's a fine the, fullback. But by the end, Jesus, yeah, it's not good. Who's your dick of the day, Josh? I think it's got it's got to be James Hook. I don't right. think it, it can be anybody else. Like you know, he just. I mean, unless you want to have the entire commentary team. Yeah, Which, yeah, that's a that very was, good point. Very good point. Mine was kind of a freeway tie between. I had James Hook's a very, very strong contender yeah. just for general antics, and then Phil Kearns for just being uh, a idiot, and then beyond that we have. And see, okay, so I had to rewind the moment many, many times to find out. But after James O'Connor makes that break. And I was prepared to give man of the match to uh, Robbie Deans for not picking Anthony Fienga because I hadn't seen him on the bench. Uh, on the bench. I was prepared to give you know, man of the match to Deans for finally dropping him. And then out of nowhere, Anthony catches the ball and bombs a try-scoring opportunity. And I know, I know, technically he could have given an assist, and Adam Ashley Cooper had to go and put the app, like you know, like his name is spelled Ack, and that's kind of the noise you had to make in watching it back. I know technically it should be Adam Ashley Cooper for bombing the try, but I choose (laughs) 
in, to editorialise this and lay sole responsibility at the fingers of Anthony Fienger. And hence my dick of the day in order to complete tradition and close this off because the last time I get the opportunity and he did do something that was pretty dick of the day because he did bomb a try is to give it to the one and only Ant Finger. I had a feeling you do that. I think it would have been wrong if you watched an Australia game that he actually played in and didn't give him dick of the day. Yeah. So well done Ant Finger on your full house. <laughs> that brings Anthony Finger. Actually, no, I'll keep, I'll keep the powder dry on how many he has. Um, yeah, please but do. Does that we'll affect do him on this. versus Martin Rodriguez in the the? And frankly, James Hook is a late challenger now. James Hook uh, has thrown himself into the conversation for the most Dick of the Day nominations over this tournament. Wow. Um, okay. Alongside Rodriguez and Anthony Fienger. Um wow. and there's there's Very a couple exciting. of other players who are there or thereabouts. But yeah, so that brings that up. Should we move on to Man of the Match? Imagine it not being Barrett Barnes. Imagine it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, st- the standard of this game is so far below him. He's like, the only one taking this game seriously. Yeah, yeah. Literally and he the only realizes, player on the pitch. If he, th- he does as much as think about what what's in front of him and works a tiny bit harder than everyone else, he will completely dominate it. Mm. Uh, and he does that. So, Barrett Barnes is the man of the match for me. Yeah, Barrett Barnes is yeah. the man of the match for me. Easy, easy. Yeah. That's yeah. the shortest man of match conversation we've ever had, especially with three <laughs> the people. The only the player out of both sides that can honestly, can honestly say, yeah, you had a really good game. Yeah. Um, is kind of the default. Yeah. That is the second freeway agreement, unanimous man of the match we've had yeah. after Shockburger. Um, um, Amarasino got one with Rihanna. Oh, of course, Amarasino. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Shockburger with Gareth Mason and Amarasino with Rihanna and now Beric Barnes, who yeah. which really completes that trifecta. You know, those are the three most famous players. In extremely the sensible players. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a, a back three. Yeah. yeah. That's it. <laughs> Two opposite ends of the spectrum there. Okay. Um, well. I think that roughly brings us to the end. I think it does. This podcast. We've nearly finished this podcast overall. Almost to the end of the podcast overall. Yeah. Yeah. We have now watched 47 of the 48 games from this That's mad, that is. That's mad. We've got one left. Yeah. Which one is it? Is it the... um, the, the, the... Uh, It's a pool game, I think. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We just decided to skip Georgia v. Romania. (laughs) The silver Uh, final. Yes. Imagine if you did the final first and then did the bronze one. Yeah. <laughs> Should we do that next? In the next one, cup we do we'll work backwards. <laughs> Let's, do it. Let's just start there. Okay. Yeah. So, so it leaves only the final between New Zealand and France. I'm excited to watch this back. Who who wins? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> you decide. Yeah. Uh, yeah vote now. In. Yeah. Who's going to win? <laughs> At Izzy Falau on Twitter <laughs> and say who you think is going to win the game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'll see everybody yeah. there for that. Uh, quickly, and, Josh, oh, uh, yeah. where can people find you? Where can people find your stuff if they've listened this far? I really need more on old TV schedules. Yeah, you need more of this. Um, uh, at Josh Gardner, uh, at or at Rook underscore Mag uh, on the Twitters. Uh, and you probably already know the Blood and Mud Rugby podcast, but if you yeah. don't give it a listen, it's like this, but somehow even less about rugby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we said this when when Lee was on. Um, everybody who listens to this definitely all also listens to Blood and Mud. Uh, so I think you've basically got our entire listener base yeah. and more. I so, was going to say, yeah. we've been out of like the Venn diagrams of yeah. our listeners is a circle. It's but, yeah. it's yeah. it's a circle inside a slightly smaller circle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, Josh, uh, thank you for coming on. This has it's been, been a pleasure. Really good. And you. like I've listened to your podcast for a while. I said this to Lee as well, and you know, I obviously really enjoy it. So it's great to have thank you, you very on much, man. and it's speak to you properly. Pleasure. 
indeed thank you for having me chance it's been ah. fun to sort of remember that i gave myself some sort of low-level mind problems in 2011 <laughs> so you know it's been it's been educational if nothing Just else like shantane harpe did that is a really oh, dark man. joke that, that is, is really dark i'm sorry about that, that. wow oh. yeah that's um, no, allegations into booting robbie off the podcast quick, before quick, the next episode up, yeah. up. that's 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 right back to the kind of comedy material i was doing about the time i was like my edgy phase um <laughs> throw myself right back there i tell you what I'm... going back on my 2011 tweets i deleted some there were some edgy takes around that semi-final oh. that i i took back <laughs> there is like material i uh, like there is a, a stand-up routine i did that is online somewhere and I don't want anyone to ever find it um, okay. because I made jokes. I'm looking that I... it up now. <laughs> Please do <laughs> not. Say, this strikes um, me as a it was little scavenger hunt. For in list. the lead up to the to Donald Trump's election, and I wish I, I've said too much. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I did it in character as that was my whole bit, and it was. I'm going to stop talking and end this now. Bye. Um, I hope everyone has enjoyed it and we'll see you next time for the final between New Zealand and France. Thank you very much. We'll see you then. Goodbye. So long. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.